He sure he certainly did. And uh, hello everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. Hope we're doing well. Blessed Sunday to everyone, and welcome to episode 287 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast. This is the Chosen of Valhalla September stream part two. I was trying to name it part two. And then I blanked on spelling it. I, I I was sure it was D-E-U-X. But then all I could think of was like Deus Ex Machina. And then I got just a little bit confused. I, I confuzzled myself uh, a little bit there. But I am joined by my chosen. It's not just the Mr. Roy show this week. Uh, but Mr. <laughs> Roy, I want to say thank you again for joining me last week in part one of the September stream. Introducing us to Santa Jaws. But apparently... He'll, he'll talk about a little later uh, one of the uh, apparently a film worse than Santa Jaws, which which I didn't think was possible. So we'll we'll hear about that from him. But hello everyone in the chat. As y'all are coming in, please make sure you smash that like button, light up that fire button. Well, actually, you can't do that because I didn't have time to set this up on Odyssey. But we are live on D Live and also now on Twitter since technically Periscope is finally actually going away. Um, and so now it's just Twitter. I don't know exactly the name for it, but if you're watching on any of those platforms, uh, you know, if you can like it, like it, share it, subscribe, all that good stuff. And let me go ahead then and introduce my chosen. And for those that have not ever been in the chat before on chosen streams, I do try and give as much as my focus to my chosen. And so if I don't comment on a question or respond to a tag or anything like that, uh, again, I do apologize if you're hurt by that. But hey, the chosen, they get my attention. So let's go ahead and go through. Starting off first off with the mod of major general of the channel, and that is of course Laura. Laura, how's it going? Hello. You. How's it going? Oh, it's going fine. We're hacking the uh, Iron Man here in Chattanooga, so there's tons of streets coned off. My dogs are, are, are kind of upset because there's music being played because where my house is, like literally, we're right next to one of the routes and so there's people there playing music trying to you know give motivation to the iron man competitors so oh yeah it's uh they hate it so that's why it took me a little while to to actually get everything set up because i was trying to get them inside and they were just like sitting down like uh no there's stuff going on behind this fence and we don't like it what do you mean come inside so we're on guard exactly exactly but how are you doing Good, good. I thought the Iron Man involved swimming. Is that not? Am I thinking of something wrong? It did. It, it did does. here. Yeah, it's a part. It's like there's a multiple part to it, and from what I could see, they were on the cycling part. So they have like there's a cycling component. There's a swimming component. There is, I guess, there might be a running component too. Um, yes. But oh, it's like geez. tons oh, of God. stuff. Yeah, yeah, stuff that I yep. when I hear what they do, I'm like, yeah, no. That that's okay. You 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 can have fun with that. I'll just you know, keep eating my my cake and you know, mints and <laughs> other stuff like that. <laughs> you can have your. What, do they have like a river nearby or where's yeah this water Tennessee River? Now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, oh, oh yeah, I, I love our location because we are um, not to give too much information away, but we are in in distance of being able to actually like. Uh, have access to see the actual Tennessee River. Uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful river. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, Joe has friends who are into that kind of st- I mean, Joe runs herself, but she has friends who do that. Oh, God, they go to, like, Hawaii, and they swim in the ocean for, like, oh, wow. miles, and then run up hills, and just oh, the yeah. thought of it just makes <laughs> Oh, yeah, it makes me sweat just thinking oh, about God. it. Because I'm like, that. that's yeah. more exercise 
in a day that I that I will probably ever do in my lifetime. Um, <laughs> the amount of work I that could they... do the swimming part, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I pretty much float at this point, but. <laughs> <laughs> I may not I may not set any records in the swimming part, but I hey, I can get in the water and you know, as you said, like I would be the same. I'd float, maybe do do some strokes here and there, but mostly float. Yeah, the, that running would kill me though. Oh my oh, god. Yeah, I can't yeah. imagine. The cycling I think yeah. I could do as long as there's no hills, but hey, here in Tennessee all, we got they hills. always yeah, they always make sure they put hills in there. Yeah. Yeah, I think they only have <laughs> locations that have hills is the thing. Yeah, I mean, I do admire people who, you know, are, are so healthy that they can do stuff oh, yeah. like that. But yeah. Absolutely. Uh, full full respect to anyone that's running the Ironman right now, by the way. As someone had confirmed that it, it's swimming, uh, cycling, and then running. So those are the, the three things. It's like a triathlon, basically. Um, and it's, yeah, it's again, kudos to them. And it's good that they're here in the Tennessee River because it, it's just, for a river, it's actually a pretty good one. Uh, someone had, in the live chat, I saw someone <laughs> mention the Mississippi. Yeah, I would never swim in the Mississippi River in New Orleans. Because if you think about it, it's the end point of the river. Meaning any garbage, any pollution, any just disgusting thing that could be at some point dropped into that river anywhere upstream, all comes down, all gets experienced in New Orleans, which is why the water is disgusting by the time it gets Sorry, here. That just sounded like really Trump-like thing that you just said. It's a mighty good river. It's the best river. <laughs> It's the well in this case it's the worst river ever. I mean honestly, why would they even have it? Mississippi, you should be ashamed for letting your name be after this river. Yeah. Tennessee. Uh, one nice. of the um one of the guys I listened to on the radio, he was retiring, uh he's on the air, air for like thirty years mm-hmm. and they got Trump to call in and uh, you know, when he was doing his goodbye party. <laughs> It's like Trump had no idea who he was. He's just like making stuff up as he went. It was pretty hilarious. Like a typical politician, you know, just like, oh, yeah, you. That kind of reminds me of of my wife and I watched all the Austin Powers films recently. And when uh, it's in the first one and they're in Vegas and he's just go walking around. He says, oh, there you are. He's like, hi, do I know you? No, but you're there. All right. (laughs) For some reason, that's what popped into the head. Uh, <laughs> uh, gosh. it was really funny he yeah. was just like and he wouldn't stop talking he just kept going on and on yeah. and, uh, absolutely but otherwise uh you know us thinking of things that <laughs> that are not going to be things that we're going to try anytime <laughs> anytime soon you're doing you're doing pretty well oh me yeah yeah, yeah. thanks for asking yeah. i'm super thanks for asking i'm super uh, yeah, I'm going to have to run get lunch, though, at some point. That's okay. what all the texty texting was about. Oh, the texty yeah, texting. Like, oh. Yeah, I was like, ooh, food, yes, please. Oh. What kind of... All the restaurants around here are not using uh, the delivery services anymore, so I'm doing way more running around. Than... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Some kind of... Ta- oh, puppies. Puppies. Oh! Yeah, puppies. Sorry, I'm muting my microphone. <laughs> Just... <laughs> They're barking at dog ghosts, I guess. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. My wife is coming in to grab the the dogs. Uh, oh, both of them. Yes, oh, yes. Bye. So, <laughs> thank you, Freya. Yeah, sometimes they just freak out. They forget that. Oh wait, that's right. Mom's home. And then someone comes downstairs, and they think it's a stranger. It's gotta be. It's like no, it's just mom. It's just mom. <laughs> They're crazy. But anyway, apologies to anyone who, who nah. like, had right. headphones and was like, oh my gosh, dogs. <laughs> But so yeah, it's what, constant barking over here. Oh, so oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but we welcome that mm. here because if, if it's going to happen on my end, if it happens on your end, yeah, hey, I, I, I have no excuse. So I have no problem with it happening with, with y'all. And also, I love dogs. So dogs, I, I are like, cool. dogs are cool. Dogs are pretty cool. So where are y'all getting food from, I guess, was the question I was originally asking before the dog scared me. <laughs> oh, uh, just the local Chinese place down the street. Oh. So it's not far. Yeah. Very nice. And you said yeah. some, and you said something about the restaurants not doing something. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. They did some kind of like local fee around here for DoorDash. Hmm. So a lot of places are like either not doing DoorDash or they charge like all these extra fees and stuff. I'm just hmm. like, I'll just go get it. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. it's like it's so funny though because like when, when when like we say these things out loud because i know like i have this stuff that when happens to me i say things out loud and i'm like oh wow it's like oh wait i have to spend that much <laughs> fine i'll just actually go and get it the old-fashioned way because <laughs> like we're just so used to like things being delivered and it being reasonable like having a, like a reasonable delivery fee and then it's like you get to a point where you're like fine i'll walk out the door get it myself um Anyway, that, that's for some because I had experiences. That's what I used to do when I got Domino's in New Orleans a lot um, because the fee was so high and then you had to tip. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, this great, you know, buy two mediums for five ninety nine each deal is doubling in price just because of tip and everything else. So I was like, I'm just go pick it up then. And then I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Oh, yeah. It's um, it's when you get used to something like that mm-hmm. and then it's not there anymore. It's like, oh, it's a convenience. Now I have to yeah. work you know, my life around not having that convenience yeah. anymore. <laughs> it's the very there, definition of, of what we would call like that first world problem, right? Where it's like, oh, gosh, I can't believe I have to go. And uh, <laughs> typically when people use that stuff, I'm like, whatever. But this is the kind of thing where I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is definitely something I can admit for myself, too. It's like, yeah. But there's all these DoorDash shenanigans going on. You know, it's like um, uh, drivers are saying that they weren't getting the tip that, you know, like the app is is kind of cutting out part of their tip. Oh, no. And then, yeah. And a lot of the the people that work at um, like it's this is all from TikTok. So this uh, girl that worked at Chili's was saying she had to work as a waitress Mm. and then she was also doing DoorDash orders. But, you know, she's not getting, like, any extra pay or, or tip for that. So it's, like, wow. putting all this, like, burden on people who work in restaurants. And they're yeah. like, okay, we're not making any extra money <laughs> yeah. for all these to-go orders now. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it, it, competition. Got got to fi- find a way to, to compete, I guess. And I'm just I'm just happy to, to hear that, that there are businesses open in, in your neck of the woods just because of just all the businesses that had to close during this time oh, yeah. in California. Well, you know, like everything, the chain restaurants did mm-hmm. fine. It yeah, was the yeah. little mom and pop places that just couldn't adjust. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So are you getting from one of the chains or from a local place that survived? We try to do as much local stuff as we can, Yeah, you know, all these little restaurants, but some of them, I'd, I'd say eight of our little local restaurants didn't make it. So it's it, a, it just sucks. So yeah. Bad. Like, do you think that would be like eight out of like ten total, or eight like like basically like a huge percentage of the small ones that were near oh, you? Oh yeah! Wow. We have about twelve little restaurants that we go to around here, and <sighs> yeah, most of them didn't make it. One uh, one lady actually transferred into um, a food truck. Wow. Okay. So that actually worked out better for her because she's like, you know, this is just way easier for me just to handle this. Uh, this little cost wise, probably I could see. Yeah. Cause that's something too. like, you know, think about, but yeah, cause you're not paying for building space. 
So I, I, Lord imagines, I, like, I can only imagine the amount it costs just to have a building, like just to pay for mm-hmm. rent on a building. So if you have just your own space, and I guess there there must be some tax or something because you, you can't sell food anywhere without having to, you know, jump through hoops and everything. But I imagine that the amount spent on or the amount not spent on things like taxes on an actual physical building and location and being able to go wherever you really want to, I guess, to some extent, and then still be able to produce food. And I imagine she probably had some, uh, you know, loyal customers that were going to go anywhere to, to help support. So, yeah, it sounds like it could be a lot better for her. I yeah. hope others do yeah. that. If they can, she switched over to doing. She does private meals, private chef stuff. You know, mm. so it's just. But you know, not everybody can make that kind of adjustment. Yeah. If you've had a, a little mom and pop restaurant your whole life, and then all of a sudden, you know, all these mandates and government dictates and mm-hmm. stuff come down, it's like, okay, well, I don't have room for a patio, so what now? You know. Yeah. It's just it's been hard because I'm you know over the years you get really you know close and personable with these people and they mm-hmm. they know you when you come in and. You know, then you see their kids start to work in the restaurant and then all of a sudden they're just not there anymore. It's 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 been pretty, uh, pretty difficult to watch it happen. Just yeah. know there's, you know, it's like there's nothing I can do but vote, you know. Yeah, it's, really. It's like it's either you, you vote and, and try and get others to and, and try and explain the situation and hope others start to get it or as many other people have been doing move like that. That's like really the only options vote to try and change the things that, that, you know, as they are to, to be better or to say, screw it and move, but not everyone can do, can do the moving part. So, uh, you know, those that are left, I think it's like, Hey, that those are the ones that really need to, you know, step up to, to really, you know, again, bring attention to, um, to the things going on and try and sway things with their vote. Yeah, I mean, the problem here in California, you have so many people who work for state, city, you know, mm-hmm. local governments and stuff. They have they have tech jobs, you know, so you don't have a lot of people who are impacted. Yeah. You know, uh, it's uh, a lot of the hairdressers kind of went uh, underground and were doing hair for their home. But yeah. you know, a lot of people don't consider it's like the number of people affected by everything shutting down. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you and your circle of friends, it may be nobody. Because mm-hmm. you know you work in some silly tech job, or you don't, yeah, <laughs> you know you don't you don't have a lot of interaction with the the working class kind of people. But mm-hmm. it's it's put a huge hurt on a lot of the lower and lower middle class people here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why one of the things I'm always thankful for is there was a time in my life when I just really didn't have a lot of direction, didn't know what to do, and I ended up working for AMC Theaters for about you know two and a half three years. And the amount of people I met and from all different economic backgrounds, because, of course, you had that large influx of teenagers working through high school. But then there were also adults who were working there, too. And I remember it was when uh, the Affordable Care Act, when Obamacare went through and it actually it actually screwed them over because they actually beforehand were able to work as many hours as they wanted. So many of them were working like some 50, 60 hours a week. They were getting some you know, even though it was still minimum wage or if they had been there for a while, they got raises over time. But it was still mm-hmm. enough to where they could support their families and also have a little bit of extra left over. The amount of, of people, though, who were in that situation, who then after Obamacare, where they couldn't because businesses were like, OK, we're going to cut you off at this hourly, you know, mark and you can't work anything right. else. All of them had to get second jobs in order to do what they were doing before. And, and it's just, again, people don't think about this, the effects, right, of the decisions made. Because as we all know, 
You know, the road, the, the, one of the expressions, right, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. The road to, you know, there's a lot of good intention people out there who just don't think about those secondary effects that a lot of this stuff can have. Yeah, that's where I get stuck a lot because it's like I I never really agree with either side in an argument. And people, I'll be like, yeah, I, you know, I'll say something like, oh, I, I don't think that healthcare should be tied to your employment. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it frees people up to change jobs or move or if you have some other type of way of getting people health insurance and just people just automatically, you know, start throwing the names at me. It's like, OK, mm-hmm. well. You know, I, I just don't agree with that particular. I'm not in the other camp. I just, <laughs> yeah, on that particular issue, I think that way. And you know, it's um. Hey, that's it, what being a independently thinking person's all about. You know, like uh, so. I always love when when people try to label me or anyone else or you know near me. It's like, oh, you have no idea what I actually. <laughs> I actually think on on a wide variety of things. It's just amazing when people try and like paint you into a corner, as it were. Well, I think the other problem we have here, and it may not be just California, but people that I see, it's like a lot of people have never worked like mm. a waitress job or you know, they kind of like went to college and got a nice good job and moved on up the uh, social ladder. But it's yeah. like a lot of these people have never struggled. They've never like wondered like where their health insurance is going to come from. Mm-hmm. Then they're voting and making policy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, all we can really do is try and and get the word out, talk to people, have conversations, which, interestingly enough, is the one thing that is really being stopped by a lot of the politics. Kind of makes you wonder. It's like, oh, wait, all of these things are keeping us from being next to people that we're either friends with or love or meeting new people, and it means that we can't have those conversations. Huh. Interesting. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think about we're all stuck in our little houses, Mm -hmm. it's like... You know, everybody else might be ticked off and we just don't know. Yeah. We're not, and so we're not what, what and what do those people who get angry do when they can't actually talk to people? They have an outlet and it's called social media. And that that's why you're seeing right. There's so much, you know, extremism on all sides when it comes to social media, because when you keep people cooked up for a while, that's their outlet. And then when you get people used to it, the chances of them when things open up, going back to their normal way of sharing information might not be there anymore. Because they've been yeah, trained. I don't. Are you? Um, well, you're in a school, so you're mm-hmm. you don't have the typical office setting because they're they're talking about us not going back till next next September. Wow. So, I mean, I mean, you're back in the class and teaching and everything. Yeah, we so. yeah we've been back all year, and it's been and really private schools across the country have really. I, I want to say I saw a statistic recently where it's like ninety to ninety five percent of private institutions private christian institutions usually uh, were like opened up back in classroom whereas it had only been about like 60 percent for public schools or something so it's definitely like Mm. the the trends very much more the private schools are much more likely to open things up uh, more quickly than than the public from you think the public schools would have looked at that and said hey look you can do it yeah i don't know what the holdup is then that's weird Probably the fact that we can't have unions, whereas they can, and so unions control. Oh, true. Yeah. true. Yeah. I don't know what everybody's so scared of. I mean, I if anybody, I should be scared. Of, you know, Joe works in the emergency room, and yeah. you know, trust me, they pick up everything. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know the stuff that she's been exposed to. It's like it's but, like you know the two most dangerous jobs as far as like picking up illnesses and diseases are any type of healthcare field work. 
and teaching uh, because you again like whether ah, whether yeah. it's you're in a you know a small like whether you have daycare or whether you have high schoolers it's like you you're putting your faith in the hands of children whose minds are developing <laughs> who don't know exactly how oh if i you know rub my hand on my nose and i don't use sanitizer after ru- wash my hands and then i start to touch my test and i give that back or i d- they don't understand they don't get it so yeah i'm i'm right there <laughs> To a lesser degree, because, you know, obviously hospital setting, you get more extreme cases, but it is interesting how, like, teachers and doctors and teachers and nurses, teachers and anyone who's in the healthcare industry are the most susceptible when you really think about it. Oh, I guess I have two canaries in the coal mine then. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't really, through the whole pandemic, she wasn't really worried at all. I'm sorry, Tina. Go oh, ahead. no, I was just going to say in police firefighters oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. First, first responders for sure yeah i'm seeing crime scene text property room text yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. um yeah um thankfully my brother-in-law who's a cop he he retired like right before all these shenanigans started but mm-hmm. um Damn. yeah joe wasn't really she wasn't really worried until um when the delta hit she started seeing a lot of younger people come in mm. that's when she was like she was like i'm seeing a lot of 30 year olds <laughs> Yeah. In the emergency room, I was like, oh, that's not good. No. And that's why I've always appreciated, like, you know, when when you you know talk about things that are going on just from from what you're seeing, because, you know, we always hear about, you know, the overflowing of hospitals. But then we have these stories come out about how there are certain hospitals that are not. But then there's also certain hospitals that are right. And it's for me, I've always been like the truth is in the middle. Right. Where it's like, Mm -hmm. I bet there are some hospitals that are at capacity and there's others that are not. And guess what? Both of those things can be true. And the question is, you know, what do we do about the ones that are and and how can we help alleviate it? You know, right. Well, the problem you have now, I mean, of course, COVID is, you know, it's contagious and it's Mm -hmm. it's everybody's scared of it because they don't really know a lot about it. But the problem now is you have nurses who are just like, I just really don't want to do bedside care anymore. Yeah. (laughs) just like because they can't go home to their families you know it's like they're they're kind and plus it's just uh it's exhausting you Mm -hmm. know trying to deal with something that's contagious you have to wear all of the the stuff yeah the ppe yeah absolutely and also you know they started off like being promoted as like the heroes of the pandemic and now that mandates are happening now all of a sudden since some of them right just have either medical reasons to not get it or religious region reasons now some of them are being demonized and it's yeah i can understand why someone might not want to you know put oh put yeah forth all the effort yeah. that they're putting through and then also at the same time be treated that way you know yeah joe's uh joe's very vocal about it mm-hmm. and you know she kind of lets people have it if they get out of line but yeah. she's just like yeah this last wave like everybody's like me like mm-hmm. everybody was scared the first couple waves but for some yeah. reason this particular wave everybody's just been angry mm-hmm. and she's like look i don't want to be here either <laughs> <laughs> it's like i know you're sick and you don't feel well but yeah. you know we've been doing this since last year and mm-hmm. we're all ready for this to be over too yep uh, absolutely. absolutely yeah but hospitals are full all the time i mean you yeah. know don't you can't use that as a measure of anything yeah um it's it's funny. It's like, you know, when you're in school and you have that really good math teacher mm-hmm. and they give you the word problem and it always has like, you know, more information than you need to solve the problem. That's yeah. how I feel like the COVID discussion is right now. It's like people are throwing out, you know, all this random information. It's like, well, a lot of that really, it sounds bad, but it's not really relevant to yeah. what's going on right now. Like, Numbers without context mean very little. 
you need to have the entire like it's like you know people will mention you know this is something i bring up in my class because we're actually talking about right now the the seeming tension between faith and science and how it really isn't there it's actually more of a philosophical debate more than anything else but i mentioned saying i even bring this up in my class i said you know we hear this expression trust the science trust the science and it's, you think to yourself wait a minute this doesn't make any sense you know if they were saying trust the scientific method i'd say amen absolutely i do i Yes, absolutely. I will put my trust in the scientific Ooh, method, you know? I like that. I'll use that from now on. Yeah. Trust the scientific method. Because yeah. if you actually study it, you realize, oh, wait a minute. It's a circle. It doesn't just stop. It's not just, oh, here it is. Here it is. You got to trust this. It's like, no, 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 no. More information is going to come in and it's going to develop, right? And we've, we've seen that already from a multiple things going on right now, right? With six feet, then three feet, one masks, multiple masks, no, like again, it's not that necessarily, obviously, in the case of Fauci, there's a whole other thing going on there. But in the most case, in most part, I would say it's not that people are just you know lying. It's more so data is coming in. People are interpreting the data and sometimes they interpret it correctly. Sometimes they don't. And that's why, as I said, numbers without statistics or other numbers without context are meaningless. Yeah, And, you know, it's, I think it's even worse right now because a lot of people don't they don't trust the CDC. Yeah. They don't trust. I mean, for a long time, I really haven't trusted the extremes of the media. Oh, yeah. It's like, I, you guys have an agenda. There's, so it's like, where do you go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People are, are, are laughed at for going on Facebook, but it's like, I have no idea where I'm supposed to get yeah. re- reliable information. Exactly. Yeah, because you'll hear, you'll hear all this stuff from, from maybe one direction, and then you'll hear others from another direction. And that's why, as I said, usually the truth is somewhere in between, you know? And uh, I think it's important. And, you know, you always hear the other one I bring up is, uh, for instance, you know, we hear about the effects on the polar ice caps. So you hear about massive loss at one of the poles, but then you don't hear about massive growth at another one of the poles. And so it's like we, we kind of got to have the full picture to really say, OK, what's actually going on and what can we do if we can do anything and what impact will it have, if any? Right. Those are the questions. That's why scientific methods a beautiful thing, because you ask questions, you make up hypotheses, you test them. Maybe they turn out to work out. Maybe they don't. And then you keep going through anyway. Yeah. When, when I was in school, it was the ice age that everybody mm-hmm. was supposed to be terrified of this ice yeah. age back in the you know se- 70s mm-hmm. and 80s. And then I took a, because it was so concerned when I was in college, I took a class that focused on like, I don't remember what they called it, physical mm-hmm. science or it was focused on the atmosphere and stuff like that. And yeah. my professor was like, we don't know. <laughs> you know it's, like, it's like people are telling you that we know. We don't know. Yeah. It's all a theory. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, we, we don't have enough information. <laughs> yeah, basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why when, when we look to, uh, you know, the, the aspects of things being scientific theories, people often just think theories are fact. And it's like, no, no, no. Theory is a theory meaning that there's data points that have been tested and have turned out to be true, but it doesn't mean that we know everything about that theory, right? There's, there's more information that can be uncovered. And uh, by the way, I hope everyone's been enjoying this, this, um, this, this scientific <laughs> science with OMB reviews chosen of all. <laughs> well, you know, it's like sometimes there's so much going on in the, in the political world. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it, it spills over into movie discussions oh, yeah. and stuff. It's just... Absolutely. It's what's going on right now, you know, yeah. <laughs> especially in my life. Goodness. Knows. It's what's hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to go have to order some Chinese food, but I will be back. Okay. Yeah, that's why I figured wanted to get, want to let any conversation happen through that. Cause I knew that you had to, to head out for a little bit. So, um, oh, jump back in take when care you're the ready. Fam. 
Yeah. I'll take care of the fam. Always. I'll, I'll be listening. I'll be back. All right. Sounds good. Okay. All right. We also got Mr. Roy joining us once again. Mr. Roy, how's it going? That's going good. Awesome. Awesome. So you have only, have you only seen that one film, which we'll talk about later since last week, or have you been able to see like a few others too? Uh, it's been that only film. I've, I've been quite busy okay. with um, fixing stuff around the house and hmm. all kinds of shenanigans. Oh yeah. And then, you know, the work, crazy work schedule, that kind of thing. Actually, I've been, I've been off. i am be off for about seven days. I'm, I'm on call though. So I'm okay. on call for the next three nights. Okay. I mean, but they don't call me in. I'll be, you know, seven days off. <laughs> okay. Nice. That, I mean, that sounds wonderful. Having, having some date now, is it that if it hits a certain time that you're not going to be called in or do you have to be ready for the call between a certain range of times? Uh, the call on nice is between 4 p.m. and 10 o'clock. So after okay. 10 o'clock, I could do whatever I want. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's a long stretch of time, but at least it's because at first I know that you work nights. And so at first I was, oh, I hope that you don't have to be like 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. or something like just waiting for a call because <laughs> that would that would be awful. No, nah, it's days and nights. So it's a weird 28 day schedule where you work like four nights just one week. You work mm-hmm. six days. The second week is three day shifts and three night shifts. Mm-hmm. The third week you work four day shifts and then the fourth week you're off for seven days. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a strange schedule. I've started to get used to it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for joining me once again after uh, joining me single last week. Appreciate you having me on. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And of course, we also have the Empress of the Universe, Tina. And I think, because I, I saw you talking with Steph, I, I think Steph's in for the next, what, 30 minutes, I think, because she's in uh, Central. Maybe maybe 15. I think she's already at the studio and she's just listening. Okay. Well, I'll, I know that you have some stuff to say, so I'll just, I'll, I'll yeah. let you have the floor. Yeah. Well, first, hello, everybody. And second... Okay, I'm going to get choked up. Thank you all so much about GoFundMe. Thanks for your prayers and your thoughts. And the idea that we hit the goal. Well, we were like, Steph, weren't we like halfway there, 24 hours in? And then 48 hours in, we went over the goal. And I kept telling her I was scared to look at because I thought it was going to vanish. And then GoFundMe contacted us and was like, okay, you need to set up, you know, your bank account and everything. And the money started coming in and it's gone to so much. It's gone to my movers, supplies that I needed. I've got, you all should see my living room and my den and my bedroom. I've got boxes almost up to the ceiling. (laughs) And I just keep, I kind of lost it last week because my middle sister who had lived with me for a few years and then packed up and moved out west and I really didn't go in the guest bedroom. And I'm thinking, well, there's not going to be that much in here. And I go in and it's like she had crap hidden behind stuff and under stuff and in closets and on shelves and it was like every time I turned around I found something else and I I lost it last Sunday and I was glad my brother was here my 
so er everything now I think is pretty much packed up. I got my coffee maker and stuff to pack up tomorrow when I use it. And I got a rental car uh, so I can get back and forth. But I've had friends that have run me on errands and the GoFundMe has really helped. So thank you all so much. <laughs> thank you all so much. <laughs> And thanks to Stephanie because she's the one who thought it up. I never would have thought of it. She kept saying, Tina, you would have thought of it. It's like, I never would have thought of that. And on top of it, I would have felt so odd asking for something like that. And she said, there are people on GoFundMe asking for boob jobs. This is your life. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out of here. The movers will be here between 9 and 9.30 Tuesday morning. They said it should take about three and a half, four hours. They've got a three-man crew. The stuff that I'm going to get rid of as far as junk, they added a little extra for that so I can get rid of that. No appliances to move. And I, I, I just feel very blessed. Thank you all. Thank you all for that. Okay, now my rant. <laughs> okay. Well, I just want to say thank you for sharing that. And uh, I, by extension, again, thank you to everyone who, who did donate. Um, and yeah, I mean, the fact that within within two days, less than two days, we were able to, to meet and also exceed the goal um, was just phenomenal. And it, it, I, I can't it, believe it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, because I, I knew that everyone here in the community would step up. I, I just... I honestly didn't just expect it to be as robust as it was. Like, cause I, I knew that everyone, I knew that people were going to step up. I knew that people were going to, you know, be able to offer help. But to that extent, the fact that I was, I had already asked permission to, to talk about it on Friday night tights. And then I got to the point where we had already reached the goal. And so I was like, I'm still going to you know yeah. mention it, of course, but it was just, again, it was truly amazing. So I just want to, again, just from the bottom of my heart as well, say one, of course, thank you to Tina um, for being an amazing person. And I think this hopefully um, helps you know just how much you are loved in this community and, and how much you are appreciated in this community and how we are more than willing to to step up for, for our people when, when they're in need. And uh, again, thank you to everyone who was able to donate and help out. And uh, again, thank you to Tina. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, Steph posted, yeah, I won't be on Tuesday because I, I won't have internet hooked up and I'm just, the movers will get everything there on Tuesday and uh, then I'm going to come back to this old apartment, pack up like my toiletries and mm -hmm. like that and then Wednesday I'll have a full day where I can come back here, do some final cleaning, do a walkthrough, make sure I have everything and then Thursday they can take their keys back. Yeah. I'm going to put those keys down in my gym card and everything and tell them goodbye. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, happy birthday. Or early happy birthday, Odin. I know oh, that's thank Tuesday. You. Thank you. And uh, I'm going to try to <laughs> get my rant, <laughs> get part of my rant in. But um, this has been, this has been an interesting week or two 
I think the Marshall Lucas thing, even though for me, Star Wars is dead, mm-hmm. have her come out. I don't know. People were like, well, why didn't she speak out a few years ago? And it's like, we don't know what kind of an NDA George had her under. Mm-hmm. Disney had her under because remember they've been divorced since late seventies, early eighties. For uh, I've heard some titillating rumors as to what happened, but um, and people have rumored for years the reason why he keeps reworking the original movies is like to strip everything that she did out of it, or maybe to cut out her rights mm-hmm. in that. So I was glad she came out. I was so happy that she called out horse face and <clears throat> big nose. <laughs> it was it was great. It made my day when I read that. Um, but Stephanie and I, see, we Valkyries, we talk by far. We're just not here in the chat. We talk on occasion. <laughs> and Stephanie and I got to talking about Dune. Dune. And okay. Dune. Well, Stephanie really <laughs> hasn't kept up with it to what I have. Yeah. <laughs> so she got a really good look at the cast. <laughs> She's, she, oh, no. Denise has not won her over with the cast. No, I'm sorry. Jesus. We both agree. Okay, this is what we, we both agreed on pretty much everything. Alloran Jr., oh, that boy, he either needs to grow up and we go, oh, my gosh, look what he grew into, mm-hmm. or he just needs to put a bag over his head <laughs> for wow. the next two movies. Uh, and who is yeah. that again? Which person? Alloran Jr. Look at him and tell me he doesn't look like he could be related to Adam Driver. Oh, oh Timothy Chalamet. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. <laughs> then there's... Becky, because I'm not going to give her, call her Rebecca, because she's a moron. This woman, I read 19 pages of the book. It's misogynist. I put it aside. I, how can anybody read that book? I'm so glad we have screenwriters who are more up to date where they can update this garbage. Is that Rebecca she, Ferguson who said that? Yeah, Becky. A uh, Becky Ferguson? Becky, Fer- because she doesn't deserve my respect for me to call her by her full name. Did she say that Becky. in an interview recently, or has this been yes. around for a while? Yes, she wow. has said it a couple of times. There is a Dune channel that they covered it, and they said, we're trying not to let this affect our opinion of her performance in the movie. Yeah. But she's making it hard. Oh, yeah. She even ripped into an interviewer who said, and the, the guy sitting there, and he says, uh, yeah, I'm rereading the book again. She said, what? And he said, uh, he kind of looked like, oh, she's scaring me. And he was like, yeah, I'm rereading the book because I was going to prepare myself how could anyone read the book one time let alone twice i got 19 pages in and i was like oh, this is just misogynist oh and i couldn't read. i had to go to oscar and and, oscar. and denise and ask them and tell them explain this to me like i'm a child 
Did you just I'm call like, this... the best director currently working Denise? Whatever. <laughs> or Denise, Denise. I will Denise. not let that stand, Tina. I will not. Villanueva. His name is Denise. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, she had to go to Oscar Isaac. Okay. And the director and tell them, explain this to me like I'm a child. That's the way she put it in this interview. And the interviewer sitting there like, uh, I don't know what I've gotten myself into. Well, also, she kind of insulted herself just then by, by saying, you know, like, explain it she to me like, like I'm. Explain it. <laughs> yeah. Mansplain it to me. If somebody has said, well, Becky had to have the book mansplained to her, she'd be like, <laughs> plus that me and Stephanie did agree that she's uh, as plain as dishwater. Hmm. Especially compared to Francesca Anise, who played Lady Jessica in The Other Doom. Mm. who was stunningly beautiful and I even got upset with Ray Fiennes when he left her for another woman the woman who played River Song on Doctor Who I was like oh my gosh how could you leave Francesca Anise for her Francesca's gorgeous anyway I think think Becky is is a pretty woman I will say that I I think she's pretty and I also Ugh. think that she's like I think that she's I think that she's talented <laughs> to an extent. Stephanie said she's generic. Oh yeah, yeah, no. Again, hey. Again. And, and, going on. And, yeah. <laughs> and and Andrew, Andrew, I asked Andrew, I said, where did her accent come from? I don't recognize it. And he said, Oh, she's half Swedish. Mm. But she decided to he said, Come over here. I was like, oh, well, uh, of of course, of course she did. So, mm. so th- yeah, that's, be- no, Becky does not re- deserve my respect for me to call her Rebecca. I'm like, after I heard that, I was like, oh, no, she's Becky. <laughs> Might even call her Beck. Beck. This wow. Jason Momoa looks just like Jason Momoa. They might as well just give him his trident and say, okay, Duncan Idaho, go on out into the, the Dune world. But is whatever. he going to be shirtless? I think that's the ultimate question for that, my no, Valkyrie. Does it, does it matter? Because me and Stephanie <laughs> had cut him off because, number one, he has not come out against the turd. Mm. And we have already said if the turd is in the movie longer than like at the beginning, if they don't kill her off, no, we're done with him. No, we are not. They even the director, James Wan, even posted a picture of Aquaman in this new outfit. Yeah. And he cut off his Instagram because everybody said, too bad I won't be seeing that great-looking outfit because that woman is in your movie. Mm. Get rid of her, I'll go see the movie. And that's the way me and Stephanie stand with that. Oh, he's yeah. insane. But Jason yeah, yeah. looks he's like... Insane. He, he looks like... Yeah. He looks yeah, Rosetta, there's no way. Yeah, there's no way that he's they're gonna say anything. They're not gonna apologize. No, no, they're yeah. not because they're the the, no, the producer. I think of Suicide Squad has already said that uh, he has already said that they are not listening to fan feedback. It's like fine, your movie's not gonna make a billion dollars, so you know that's it. But anyway, no, Jason Momoa. He looks like Jason. that actually. I was talking. If you see half of the stuff he's been saying publicly, he's been going more and more down the everyone's to blame but me leftist stuff lately. Mm. But yeah, Jason, he looks like he looks, looks, looks like Jason Momoa, you know, and I don't think we talked about Thanos, <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> he's playing, I think he's playing Gurney. 
neither one of us like Batista because of his support for... Oh, he's just an all-round tool. It's not even like well, a support right, for one single thing. Right. He's just an all-round well, tool. We, I mean. we don't, we, neither one of us like him. I don't even think we talked about whichever Skarsgård is playing the Baron. Um, and who else did we... Oh, Oscar Isaac... Well, he's iffy. I don't. I don't know. I think Jurgen Prochnow, who played Duke Leto in the other movie, mm-hmm. I think he was much better because he has a nobility to him. And if you've never seen Das Boot, yes, it is told from the German side of World War II. And yeah, I did cheer when the British blew up the German <laughs> subs at the end because I don't support the bad guys. But yeah. his performance is so. So good, and you do look at Das Boot, and you're like, yeah, these are just Germans that are serving their country. It's just unfortunate what their country is. Mm. But there are more Germans than they are Nazis. Okay. That would be. But, um, but anyway, yeah, so that was what, uh, that was what me and Steph had to say about okay. Dune. So, yeah, Steph, Steph's not impressed, and she's definitely not impressed. I wish Laura was here. Uh, she's definitely not impressed that Fade's not in it, and we don't even know when Fade is going to show up. Oh, and almost forgot Steph, Zendoya, Zendata. That girl needs to be working at Mickey D's somewhere. Damn. She says her nose is always up in the air. It's like, what are you smelling? This under your nose. Clean under your nose. So what why is your nose always in the air? Ugh. And and here I am. I I, I, I don't mind Zendaya. I uh Or whatever her name. What yeah. is it? Zendaya? She was in the greatest Zendaya. she was in the greatest showman and I thought she did a great job. I oh yeah, I saw that on a flight. It yeah. was just like, oh, this will give me a chance to see it. The music was good. That's why I liked it a lot. I fell, I fell asleep halfway Aww, through. Oh, yeah. It's definitely not, I know it's definitely not a movie for everyone, for sure. But when I compare that to the music that they did for La La Land, because it's the same writers, uh, The Greatest Showman's music is so much better. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was enjoying it. I think I was just tired yeah. and I I dozed off and I was like, oh, well, one day maybe I'll get to look at it again. Yeah. I think my brother has it in Vood- our Voodoo account. I just haven't. Yeah. So I just haven't had time. <coughs> oh, Stephanie says she's a Disney actress. It's like that means she's probably very, 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 very troubled because we know those Disney actresses. It's almost, I think that it almost makes us have to feel bad uh, for them, you know, because typically I agree. they are, you know, get put through so many things, you know, and there's a reason why it's very hard for childhood actors, let alone Disney childhood actors, to grow up to live normal lives for a wide ranging wide range of, of, of reasons and issues yeah yeah well stephanie's heading out so that was just my little rant intro that i wanted her <laughs> to hear but like i said uh yeah we we valkyries we we talk <laughs> <laughs> we have a little chit chats behind the scene <laughs> oh yeah 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 well stephanie so, b have yeah, a good yeah. class since I, I see that you are heading out so have a good class stephanie yeah. b so i'll talk a little bit more later but okay. thank you all again for the yeah. uh for the support on the gofundme i really do appreciate it absolutely and uh thank you for joining uh us once again for one of our chosen weekends yes <laughs> 
All right. We also have Rosetta Aaron, who has joined us as well. Uh, Rosetta, how is it going? And I, I, I thought, are you using a different microphone? Because it's no, sounds... I got home now. It's um. Okay. So, I guess the long story short is I have been sick now for five weeks. Um, <laughs> no, that's all. I had to go to a neighboring city to get the stuff I needed because it was completely out in the city here. So. Okay. When I was messaging you and you decided you're going to use the Discord, which just does not work with my little laptop and phone, no matter what I do, and my husband's tried and they've never worked right with each other. Mm-hmm. And so you say Discord, and I'm down there next to the dam where I take the eagle photos way outside of town. It's like, uh, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry about that, and um, I'm glad that you're here, though. I'm glad that you're able to, to, to still jump on. And other than that, though, like, so... Do you, do y'all know like what what it is that's been causing it for five weeks? Are, are you getting better, like on the mend, or how's it going? A little better, bit by bit. It's a long story and stuff. I'm not really sharing. So. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But you are on the mend. Yeah, I'm bit. Okay. A bit. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So you were taking some photographs though before coming on today. Stop and take a couple anytime I leave the house, even if it's just for an errand. So nice. Did you get any good shots? A few. Nice. I actually did create a merch store, but it's kind Mm. of on a site that allows adult art and their merch stuff. Ah, okay. Gotcha. (laughs) Now, now, like, would a direct link to your specific store have that? show up right away like in the sides or would it just show your stuff mine is well a little of mine is a little risque i have anything that's even lingerie or bikinis or stuff age restricted just to be okay so show up on people automatically okay gotcha uh if anyone would be interested though in in that kind of because obviously i want to i want you to still be able to uh you know promote the things you're working on with that so uh what would be the best way then for for, for anyone to maybe find um, that to support you if they want to support you through that. And the link, one sec, I'm still a little discombobulated. Yeah, sure, sure, absolutely, no problem. But I put that together because I'm using it to help fund the stuff, you know, doing the mm-hmm. vintage pinups and all that stuff has cost a lot of money so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just got that and then stuck it up over on my pin over on Twitter. And actually, I have had in the since I started it a week ago, so. Okay. I guess that's something, right? Yeah, that's awesome. So one sec, let me get to the chat here, and I'll throw the link over to you. Perfect. Awesome. Well, while you're doing that, thank you again for for being here. Um, and I'll, I'll post that link in the live chat for anyone who wishes to, to check those out. Uh, hello, everyone. I've been highlighting messages. Uh, so as you all know, right, the priority goes to the chosen um, on these streams. But I've been highlighting messages. So again, thank you, everyone, for being here. Uh, the physics channel with Kane Lee. Thank you for being here. Yeah, um, it's interesting to see. You know, this kind of goes back to what you know me and Laura were talking about. Just again, the more information we get, right, the the more context we get. It's very important for us to be able to, I think, not just connect the dots, but also to have everything within their, their proper context. And I think, unfortunately, we have this happen way too much, where things are either uh, put out of context or they are. Um, you know, uh, leading us to, I got the link, so I'll post that. Um, 
so either out of context or to the point where it just honestly makes us start to wonder about what, you know, when someone is giving us information where it's like a half truth and they're doing it and it seems like they're doing it for a specific reason, it makes us hard to trust when they aren't telling us 100% of the truth. And I think that's kind of the big issue right now in our modern day uh, political structures, especially, is that it's hard to trust any of these agencies when some of them, uh, in, in certain instances, at the very least, you know, no matter how you feel about them, have definitely been um, have fallen into some politicization for sure. Uh, but anyway, uh, I am now posting the link. So uh, it is uh, for Rosetta Allen. So that is her Red Bubble store. So if you want to support Rosetta Allen with some of her merch items, you can check out that link to give her some support. And when we uh, do our, our shout outs of, of things that we've been watching, working on over the last month or so, um, I'll, I'll, of course, try and get an update on the Eagle book and anything else that you have been in the process of working on. But anything else as far as introduction goes that you want to say? General right now is just trying to really get people to focus on help each other, interact with each other, support each other. I've seen so much stuff happening to so many of the people in our community this last month and a half that it's overwhelming for these people if we don't have each other's backs. So mm-hmm. pay attention to what people are saying, posting, how they're acting, and if if they're okay, and be there for them. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, sometimes people will come to you and, and will say right out, you know, what's going on. Sometimes they won't. And sometimes you kind of got to read between the lines and, and try and uh read the signs a bit and absolutely be there for them so that they know that they're not alone Mm -hmm. absolutely and that's actually why you know i know that i've I've talked about a couple times in in my my recent box office videos because it just came out this weekend Uh, it's a movie that i I wish was getting more love that i wish had I, i think had better development because even as someone who's a fan of theater even i'm like kind of blown away by how little promotion they really did for the movie where the, when the trailer came out, didn't even know the film was being made, but this film that just came out, Dear Evan Hansen, um, you know, it's, it's a musical, which is already a hard sell. I feel in, in our modern times, but um, it kind of goes very much into that. Um, one of the songs in there is, is all about, you know, you are not alone is kind of like the theme of the song. Um, and one of the lyrics is even when the dark comes crashing through when you need someone to carry you, if you open up and look around, you will be found. And I think it's just, there's so many other powerful lyrics in that song and in a couple other songs in the show. And I, I hope that more people go to see it in our modern world. Cause I think a lot of people need to, to know. Um, and sometimes the only way that you can reach people is through music and through musicals and through these things, which is why I've always been such a fan of theater. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping that I can help people um, reach out. Music is inspiring. It takes mm-hmm. people through things. I have not had a point in my life with all the crazy stuff that keeps happening to me that I couldn't find a song that would help me express what I was going through better than anything else. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I think is so powerful for a lot of people. We also all have to just always give mad shout outs to Drunk. He just got back again from another trip out helping kids down in Mexico. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll- if you can support him and send him money, most of what he gets off his stuff that people send him, he uses to help kids in need all over the world. So yeah, 
And, uh, it, you know, you can even just do it if for any reason you're still using, because uh, obviously I do, if you're still using programs or, or rather uh, sites like Patreon, you know, he has a Patreon and just to sign up for one of the lower levels, just to, you know, know that you have his back and that you'll, you know, give him some support. I, I think that he is, especially as far as our community goes, he, he is, I think, the most hands-on person in our community as far as going out to to help others and and to um and to put others before himself by the fact that he literally will go to these countries will offer this help will deal with crazy like border nonsense trying to get back into the country like so many just so many things um that he had to deal with uh just for this one trip so um i again huge shout out to drunk 3po he has an amazing heart. He's Absolutely. I'm glad that I've met him. I'm glad I've talked to him. I'm glad I've been supporting him as long as I have because I, there's not a time when I talk to him where it's not he's excited about something he could do. He wants to do for somebody or he's excited and sharing pictures of things with his friends and his supporters of stuff he's doing with kids in need or stuff like that. And he does, he's not focused on all this petty stuff when you talk to him off of these streams and other stuff. It's always about kids in need and trying to make people happy and trying to uplift people mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that's, yep. we need more people like that. Yep. Absolutely. And, and that's why I, um, you know, there's been times in the last few years where, you know, random people have like either tried to go after him or something like that. And it's like, it's amazing because he's, I think he, you know, the, I don't throw the term untouchable around, but I feel like if there's anyone that most people could agree is untouchable in, almost every community because you know when you think about the communities you know we think about communities like fandom menace like um you could even talk about groups like war campaign comics gate uh the you know what is now we we have now dubbed ourselves right the fellowship like any of these groups fandom menace all this stuff the one i think commonality the one like thing that everyone i think has love or support for is strong 3po like he he is just someone where he transcends any division he transcends any uh issues because you know he because of how amazing of a person he is he's a truly kind heart yeah even in some of the more snarky or more sarcastic people in the community look i i I tease the brits like i'll get out but will and richard have been there for me so has hunky in Mm -hmm. so many ways and we can all joke and laugh and make jokes at each other's expenses and stuff. And me and Fat Steven saying completely inappropriate things on each other's streams when we go to each other's <laughs> channels. I, But we also help each other. Yeah. And that's the thing. Most of the people who just watch from an outside perspective don't get is people in all these communities. The people circling this section of fandom mm-hmm. online in all those little sub communities we talk about including dealing with the comics gate and all of them we have each other's backs if i post work if i post things that i'm going through it's in before i the night's over it's in promoters lounges it's in the background chats it's having people message me and check on me it's wake up in the morning and turn my computer on. And within five minutes, my phone starts buzzing for messages all over multiple <laughs> media. So people check it on me and ask you what work I'm going to be doing and stuff. Yeah. So that thing that this interconnection we have with each other that most of these people don't understand mm-hmm. unless they're in it. Yeah. And drunk is one of them that helps bring everyone together 
and feed that joy that make everyone happy, make everyone help each other comes a lot from him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So shout out to drunk three PO as Alex, I saw said in the live chat, uh, he is literally beyond even excommunicado and <laughs> it's, it's true. If anyone, <laughs> if anyone was beyond it, it, it would be him. Uh, just because of again all the all the amazing stuff that he does. Um got next communicano in a few months. I'm slacking. Yeah, I know, I know, right? So are you saying that you're you're overdue for one? Yeah, I kinda <laughs> am. <laughs> all right, well we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if you do anything that merits another excommunicado. Uh <laughs> but anyway, thank you for being here as always. Um, so before jumping back into, uh, the chosen, seeing what they've been watching, uh, things they've been working on, that kind of stuff, I'll say hello to some people in the chat. So 70B, uh, before she left, had mentioned saying the book is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I have, I've mentioned this previously where, you know, I was able to pick up the audiobook months ago, uh, when I was originally going to like try and go through it. And then it took me a little, like I started it and I wasn't quite sure how I felt about having the different voices, you know, you know, when it's done like a play almost i always have concerns where maybe because they're doing extra stuff they're gonna cut stuff out or abridge it and uh basically i forgot who it was but someone specifically said this is the best version of the book like audiobook specifically to get and once i heard that i was like okay then it it means that there's no way that they're gonna really leave anything out and so i've not uh listened to nearly as much as as i probably could but I can say that at this point, I am, let's see, 20, 40, I'm about an hour plus into the book um, based on this. Well, and you, I'm enjoying it. Well, you made it further than Becky. I Exactly. That's why when you mentioned it, when you mentioned it, I was like, I got to see how far I got in. I'm like, OK, I'm, I'm over an hour into this thing. And and the fact that she at any point thought of, of some type of weird patriot, like, or what was the word she yeah. used? She said misogynist. Misogynist. I'm just like, yeah. I, don't, I don't really see how, because the, I, there's some interaction, I guess you can say, uh, between so, some of the people, like, the, like, well, obviously, like, the, the talk of, like, concubine, like, thing like that, I guess, I, I think maybe. that's what set, that's what I think and other people yeah. that heard her comment think. She saw the word concubine. Yeah. She didn't go any further to find out how powerful a woman jessica is mm-hmm. and she just went, hey, I can't, I'm <laughs> oh yeah if it, and if it wasn't that then i can see how them talking about like the witches and you know i, I don't yeah. have all the different terms memorized but basically that it was going to be a man that was going to be the one to be like the one like kind of like the chosen one i guess you could say um so exactly exactly right (laughs) so and then instead of it being a woman since all women are this that instead it'd be a man maybe that also led to her uh thinking like oh my goodness i can't believe and it's like yeah this book's been around for a long time becky all right becky yeah (laughs) (laughs) becky there you go beck beck oh yeah that's right becks Bex. But she yes. doesn't deserve to be because she's using it for a different word. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of what people on some of the Dune channels were saying. That I one I know one Dune channel. He's really really into the books and everything. Mm-hmm. And I've watched him in the past. I can't remember his name, but he was trying to kind of play it off. But it's like 
this is like the Lord of the Rings fan base. You don't cross people in the Doom fan base. If they think oh, no. Star Wars and Star Trek are hardcore, no, they haven't seen anything until they get the Lord of the Rings and Doom. Well, so, for Doom especially, it's a smaller base. Fan of both, I agree. Oh, with yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. <laughs> we, we are hardcore when it comes to that stuff because it goes to the reason why a lot of people are really into mythology and fantasy-based stuff. The fan bases tend to tie a lot of our personal experience, our love of history and human psychology and our religion into the things we're into in fantasy. So if we are a fan of something in fantasy, we are hardcore. We are, don't screw with us. Don't screw with the, who the author was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's kind of going back to, I, I want to say we had even talked about this on uh, a show months ago. It was a, about a Wrinkle in Time. In fact, Rosetta, didn't we talk about that back and forth? Yeah, that, that was my, one of my favorite authors growing up. Yeah. <laughs> I remember us talking about that and how I was ticked off when the movie came out because one of the things that, that, that they did was they stripped Christianity out of it. And if you know anything about not just the author, but also the book, without Christianity, it has no soul, which is why that movie sucks. directly says that one of the greatest leaders that helped bring peace to people when they were talking about people to remember and think of to prevent yourself from being sucked in by the evil, they were talking directly of Jesus in part of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so. yes, the um, the author was complicated because she was one of those many paths to heaven types, but she was also, mm-hmm. and her personal view is very Christian. And yeah. I don't agree with her on everything, but she was very Christian in her writing and what she wrote. Yeah. And again, Swiftly Tilting Planet was my favorite book as a kid. It's still in the top. The time quintetlet that she wrote, which Wrinkle in Time started, mm-hmm. is still one of my favorite book series. It goes into even having a book where literally the main character from Wrinkle in Time, her twin brothers get um, trapped in their father's science experiment and transported back to the time of Noah and have to help build the Ark. Mm. And so there's, yeah, it's very, it's not subtle. Yeah. <laughs> she was putting Christianity and religion in her books. Yeah. And it's very anti-communist. So having freaking Oprah involved in it. Oh my God. I know. And I'm just Oprah, but I, I mean, the director as well. I, I mean, it's just, they were not, uh, they obviously, they clearly did not actually think that they would get a franchise from this. Because if they did, they would not have made those decisions. No way to do any of the other stories with what they did. Nope. And that's why there hasn't been any announcements and why there won't be another one. The thing is, <coughs> it wasn't even those five books just either. Mm-hmm. <coughs> There was an entire series, and I do mean a lot of books, series of books that were about Megan Calvin's kids getting into fantasy adventures and stuff that were written for preteen kids. Yeah. So this was, it was a very big storyline, and it was created all about getting children into science and religion mm-hmm. and sharing the viewpoints of free and just societies. And so it's very important what they were written for. It's very important what they were and who she was. And yeah, again, fantasy. You don't screw with us if we're a fantasy fan base. Mm-hmm. Just don't. Nope. And that's also why, in a lot of ways, the Star Wars fan base got so hardcore with stuff is because he was taking sci-fi and putting a lot of fantasy, a lot of spiritualism, and a lot of old religions into it. 
And so mm-hmm. a lot of the people who got into it have a lot of that same passion. They have a lot of that same, I'm seeing my spirituality, things that I love, things that I value, historical battles that I think are important for humanity in what I'm watching. Don't screw with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi had a comment about Jason Momoa saying he's had the same characters in Stargate Atlantis. Uh, so that's a little comment oh, there crap. from him. Yeah. Joey well, Horn. I never saw Stargate. Yeah. <laughs> I love Stargate. Yeah. So Joey Horn says, I like William Hurt as the Duke in the sci-fi miniseries. Yeah, I keep hearing a lot of uh, positive things about the miniseries of Dune, which I had not d- d- dove into yet. But I think what I'll probably do is try and do the best that I can to, to finish this audiobook before the movie comes out and let that be my foundation instead of having another um because again, I, I the right now the audiobook an hour into it has already been so much better than what I've gotten from uh, the original Dune movie. Like I just being honest, I just it's it's already like oh I actually enjoy this. This is actually on dangerous ground here. Which Stephanie was here. I know. I know. Okay, I'm good. Oh my goodness! And yet, and yet, I have I have both. I have. All the copies of Dune. Oh, I am. I need did hey, every Odin, single I, cookie I, I have for that. <laughs> wait, 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 Odin. Where were you saying you live again? I could easily go visit and give you some stuff for that. Oh no. Trade. oh no, no, no. But uh, to be fair, though, uh, you, you know, despite my thoughts about uh, Dune specifically. When I do eventually give this away, it's actually a really good collector set because, like, for anyone that is like an actual fan, it has like all these like booklets. So it like breaks down the characters, goes into a lot of detail about the production uh, with stills oh and God. images. Oh, it has. Oh, it, 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 oh, it, feel very excruciatingly excited in their stream. Yeah. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> and, and then also, it's uh, you got also uh, it says Dune terminology. So that, like it will break down all the different like terms that are being used here. So man, there's a lot of terms. And then I, I always like, love behind the scenes fancy stuff. Yeah, I have it with I have it with Princess Bride. I have the 30th anniversary book that's gold bound with all the behind the scenes. Yeah, people love this and and, everything. and that's why I like Arrow because they do <laughs> good transfers, but then they also do all this extra stuff too. So like it also has like all the stuff about how they restored it to. And that, this is my favorite page right here, to be honest, is because it just, again, it just breaks down all of the different things that um, it was able, like all the ways that they were able to like break it down, the, the, the actual communities that were involved with it too. And then it also comes with, in these like special edition cases, it also comes actually with, I don't know that some people are, are into these types of things, but it even comes with like a poster. So... You get like a, a poster of the actual like new disc art. And then I want to say, and I'm assuming this is the case on the other side, this is probably like the original artwork for the movie. So anyway, friend, yes, very, that's very nice be... to you who likes you very much. Give me that's this will be, be a nice giveaway <laughs> and it will be uh, done fairly and it'll be at, at random. So here's my new address. Uh, <laughs> no, no, the second the second poster that you showed on the reverse side, yeah. I think that was the first poster they came out with mm-hmm. because um, it's one YouTuber that does like ten or twelve things you didn't know about the making of a movie, mm-hmm. and he said that one came out, and it, I don't think 
anyone was like, I don't know where we're going with it. And so then the next one that came out, you actually see the character, some mm. of the characters. Yeah. And then that way people are like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's nice that there are, I, I know that, you know, when, when it comes to my own thoughts, people don't always agree. So, hey, there's tons of, um, you know, there's tons of films that everyone will have different opinions on. And so this is just one of them. And again, I appreciate uh, MVD visual working with arrow video, sending me uh, both copies. And so, yeah, definitely be able to get the DVD copy of, available for, for a giveaway. And it has the, I believe it has the same, the same stuff in there. Yeah. Cause I haven't opened that one I, yet and I see the poster and I see a booklet. So, yep. Yeah. That's the one uh, Andre and Tom, but they're <laughs> fans of the yeah. Lynch movie uh both of them were very impressed with that restoration yeah well arrow video no matter what the film is it's gonna because it's it's criterion level as far as transfers go it's it's people that know what they're doing they get the filmmakers the original filmmakers involved they get them to give their their like mark of approval so you know that you're getting like the best version of the movie and also it, it just like with criterion they give you all those extra bits that are not available on any other copy so um, and actually I would yeah. say arrow is the reason why criterion is now moving into the realm of 4k because arrow was the first of these like more boutique, uh, companies to finally, like, I think Dune might actually even be, if not the first, one of the first films that they officially put out on 4k. And it was because of that announcement that led to criterion. They had already, you know, they claimed that they were in the works for a while, but I think that's kind of what pushed right. them off the edge with it. Cool. That's, yeah. that's, that's that's great, and I think that might be the addition there. It might be that fan edit that that guy spent like ten years reworking the original movie. I think that might be it because oh, there there is no uh, there's no director's cut because Universal has begged Lynch to come back to do a director's cut. And as far as he's concerned, after the way they treated him, yeah. he's like, that movie doesn't even exist to me anymore. So Yeah, I uh, want to say that they have most of the um, same features, but from the 4K one... Let's see. It says, brand new 4K restoration from original camera negative 60-page perfect bound book featuring new writing on the film by Andrew Nett, Christian McCree, Charlie Brigden, and American Cinematographer interview with sound designer Alan Splett from 1984. Excerpts from an interview with the director from Chris Riley's book, Lynch on Lynch, and a Dune terminology glossary from the original release. Then, let's see, so the actual discs itself, original uncompressed stereo audio, so that's kind of going into like the stuff it has there. New audio commentary by film historian Paul M. Salmon. New audio commentary from Mike White. Impressions of Dune, a 2003 documentary on the making of the film, featuring interviews from Kyle uh, McLachlan, uh, producer yes. Rafaela De Laurentiis, cinematographer Freddie Francis, and the editor. Designing Dune 2005 featurette featuring a look back at the production. Uh, Dune FX 2005 featurette, Dune models and miniatures, another featurette, Dune costumes. Uh, Destination Dune, a 1983 featurette originally produced and promote the film at convention and publicity events. So some original stuff there. And then on the bonus disc, Beyond Imagination, Merchandising Dune, a brand new feature exploring the merchandise created to promote the film. That is interesting. Uh, then there's one about the score of the film, interviews, archive interviews. And so I'm not seeing anything. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything about a different cut okay. necessarily. 
Okay. Okay. I just I was just curious about yeah. it. So good deal. But yeah, it is a 4K uh, rendition of the film, though. So you do have that going for it. But anyway. Nice. All that technical jargon for. Oh, I... <laughs> you know, you know what's and I heard a lot of names. I reckon my yeah. husband got a um, bonus from work that's supposed to be delivered soon, which basically they're buying us a freaking top of the line 4K TV for, from his workplace, which would make our tiny little living room, which is very small room. Yeah. It's going to go from this little 35 inch we've had for like 15 years to mm-hmm. this over 50 inch 4K. <laughs> oh, your experience is going to be phenomenal from that. <laughs> I mean, because it's like the, when I had my first Blu-ray play, I, I was just like, oh, this is what everyone means. Like DVD is nothing. DVD is trash. And uh, so it's one of the first when they started doing the high def four Blu-ray. Yeah. And it's a decent TV, but I have known for a while it's nothing compared to what's out there, but we haven't mm-hmm. had the time or money to switch it. And then, yeah, we're supposed to get that in the next few days. Nice. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm like, I'm going, I have to take first one of the first things we have to do is just rewatch all the Lord of the Rings stuff. <laughs> <laughs> in the way it should have been seen originally. Uh, anyway, the R, I, I saw your comment earlier, and again, apologies for not being on Odyssey today. As I said, I was running a little bit behind, so I wasn't able to get that set up. But thank you uh, for being here and for putting up with the nonsense that is uh, YouTube. A bunch of people also saying that Zendaya is the same in all her movies. I, I would definitely agree. As I said, I, I like her in, in some of the roles that she's done, but I would definitely not say that she is an incredibly versatile actor I, I would definitely not give that uh kind of credit to her um for sure i would definitely agree bruce says uh, if in 12 years they're always talking about um about what was to come it would have happened a few times already since they started using the uh using that number i think that means like when when you get those typical like predictions of of years and numbers and things don't happen yeah and that's why again if we understand science within the realm of science that there's new data coming out and therefore new predictions. That's why you should never trust a politician that's going to give you any type of scientific data because they're going to use it for their own purposes and they're going to leave out the context of, oh, this is different than what it was a few years ago and it will be different in the next few years as well because you also can't really account for the the, the intangibles, right? When we talk about, oh, you need to do this in order for us to get to a place for our planet, you're not taking into account any um, extra volcanic eruptions from previous years, right? That's not really something you can account for. Uh, Solar activity. Really, there's no way to account for any new solar activity, and that has a huge impact on things like uh, temperature, etc. So, again, I think that it's important for us to always tread carefully when talking about, especially an issue like that. But even in general, like about other things, you need to always get the full picture. Never never just take things as they are. Um, by the way, Laura said that uh, Tina made her cry in the Chinese restaurant as she was picking up the food. So, again, very moving uh, from Tina earlier. And again, thank you to everyone who was able to donate to her campaign. Um, let's see. Evan S. says, I sent Gray of the House of Nerdrotic an email on Friday he has not responded. Uh, bro, I'm just going to be honest. You might not get one because think about how many emails he gets on a daily basis. I mean, he's got a channel of over, what is it, over 300,000 subscribers at this point. 
imagine how many people are contacting him for a wide variety of reasons. I'm just going to be honest. It's it's hard to reach. Uh, it, it's hard to reach him. Uh, even I, who have like his number, like he doesn't respond to me. So uh, again, it's not because he doesn't want to. It's just because he is a boomer and he falls behind on everything. So. It gets really, really. I don't even have that many followers, but. Half the time, my husband's laughing because I'll be sitting here trying to work on projects, and my phone will be going off like every few seconds with yeah. messages from people. It's like I don't think most people realize how quickly that stuff starts happening. Yeah, and I'm also I'm like a special breed because I try to respond to things as quickly as I can. But I can say I I do that because it's how my brain's wired. Where if I don't respond immediately, I'm going to forget. And so the ones that I haven't responded to, sometimes I'll get a message like down the road like i was i was working with or trying to work with a, a t-shirt shop for instance like trying to find an alternative to teespring and all of a sudden i got a message out of blue saying hey are you still gonna try and you know set up a shop with us and i was like i completely forgot because i hadn't acted on it right away so I, i'm one of those persons where I, I try to respond quickly most people don't because most people have you know other things going on that take precedence and things get lost Way actually, so yeah, <laughs> uh, CC Thorn, what was that? Because I will forget it otherwise, yeah, exactly. Uh, CC Thorn, thank you for the two dollars. Super chat says, Hail, dude, great FNT this week. Have a good week. Well, thank you, CC Thorn. I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, as I, I mentioned this previously, uh, in a chat, but it is still true, you know, I, I love as and as is awesome. But I will say that I think if anyone was objectively looking at FNT, you look at the people that are the biggest personalities on on the panel, and as is definitely one of the biggest personalities. And so when you look to talk time, it's not that anyone is like being given more time or anything like that. It's just that the personalities are going to obviously play out the way that they do. So I think having kind of like this void or this hole of one of the big personalities let um, some extra room for others to be able to like add stuff in. So I had a lot of fun, especially since we were also caught. The other thing that is also a factor is when there's talking about, and we're talking about things that I actually have interest in. Uh, Cause typically if it's Dr. Who stuff, I give up on Dr. Who a while back. Um, if we are talking about other comic book stuff, you know, kind of, you know, don't, you know, fall away from that too. But someone had asked about, uh, I think it was, um, Oh, where is he in the chat? He was asking about it, and I, I will do a box office breakdown video later today on this. Uh, Andrew Hayes had asked about Shang-Chi. Uh, dude, I'm again, just like I said, the movie is on pace to make money. As as of right now, the film is at $196 million domestically, so it's definitely going to... So I think it was Don Baca. I haven't seen him around in a while. Uh, but Don Baca was fighting me on this a while back. It's going to hit $200 million easily, uh, most likely by next weekend. And then it is now only about maybe $12 million total away from its break-even number. So uh, Shang-Chi is going to break even. It's going to make money. But I will put on that caveat of if, when we're talking about a Marvel film breaking even and making a little bit of profit, that is nothing to <laughs> really be that excited about um, <laughs> when you really I think about it. I laugh that you say, talk about the personalities that are just naturally talk a lot and overpowering so kind of like you dealing with me and tina how do you mean those those what? personalities that talk a lot and have big personality 
but I'm I'm in the because uh, as soon as I'm caught up here, we're going back to y'all, and then I let y'all dominate for for your time. No, 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 no. I was saying that you're talking about there being those personalities. Yeah. They talk a lot. They have a lot to say, and they're really energetic with it. Oh, That's okay. What happens with Antina here? So it was that first part. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it was that. Yeah, it was that first part. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and that's why I let y'all again. I let y'all have that time, uh, and I will again just be catching up with everything here. Joey Horn says Dune audiobook is great. Yes, absolutely. CC Thorne again. Thank you very much for that. Bryant Barth. Yeah, man. I want it to be good. Uh, if you've not been watching consistently, I've said I love Denis Villeneuve. He has not made a bad movie yet. So I, I hope the trend continues. I want a good. I just want good movies. You know, it's not even just Dune. I I just want good movies. So. Uh, I'm hearing good enough things, uh, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Karatharp is reading the Narnia books again, and then was going to read Dune after. That's a series I would love to read. Actually, I've never read all of the Narnia books. Um, Are you kidding me? No, I actually I've only ever. I don't even know if I've read it myself. Like I think I've, it's been read to me when I was younger. But like Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, I think is the only one that I would have read actually. Okay, the best books in the series are not the main ones that everyone knows. Mm. Actually, if you really want to get into the ones that are really great, especially from the Christian perspective, you really need to read them in chronological order and focus on the first and last fall on Magician's Nephew, which deals a lot with creation and the mm. beginning of time and God and original temptation and all that. Yeah. And then you need to go to the last battle and Revelation and the end of Narnia. Yeah. Because that's I, where the Christian stuff really is really intense. Yeah. And I think that the, the, the sets that they come out in it with now, they're in that order. Because um, wasn't one technically really... Was it that they were released in, out of order by any means? Or? Yeah. If Magician's Nephew, which is the starting story, it is Professor Kirk as a child, mm. um, actually was the second to last one he wrote. Okay. So... Oh gosh! What does it say about me that I remember which order that came out in chronological? <laughs> yeah, I think the my because my wife has a set that that I think she's had for a while. I want to say that one's in there. If not, though, would totally be down for for getting uh, an, a my, newer set there. Mom gave me a long time ago when we were visiting for Christmas because I said I hadn't read them in a long time. That my original set had burned when it had the fire when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I mentioned that I wanted to reread them and stuff. So when we were visiting, she gave me this hardbound book that had all seven books in it in the chronological order of release Mm -hmm. so it was through the storyline and she said okay well here you go read it yeah um yeah i had read the book by christmas morning (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome that was our tradition we always do one gift yeah even it was always something to keep us entertained because especially with my hyperactivity and my anxieties i don't sleep before I travel, before holidays, yeah. I'm always wound, worrying, and thinking, and anticipating whether all's going to happen. Yeah. And so it was always, mom was always giving me things that were either puzzle books or big books to read or stuff like that, things that would keep me busy for hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think so, it's with those books, especially, I, I don't remember them being like crazy long. They're not crazy long, but it is still quite a feat to go through all seven in a Oh, night. yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, but they're, that's what I mean by that is that it's it's not the longest of books, but it's chock full of, of just great development from what I've heard from people who've read them all, like character development and obviously the, the threads of the main story going throughout all of them. And so it, it's better than... It's a 
horse and his boy in that, and you yeah. start dealing with them dealing with the equivalent of Middle Eastern culture in Narnia area and dealing with more oppressive things towards the girls and stuff like that. It also gets yeah. a little intense. Yeah, absolutely. So Forever Sci-Fi says he's waiting for that Hunt for Red October 4K coming out next month. Yeah, I just bought, uh, like, I think, was it six or eight uh, Steelbook 4Ks from from Best Buy? Uh, one to have and then one to give away. So uh, be on the lookout because there's some new 4K Steelbooks that are out right now or about to come out. Uh, and I'm, I'm waiting on mine. I bought my 4K Steelbook from uh, Zavi um, of Nobody. So I'm looking forward to that one, too. Um, Rob D says, first time I remember using DVD, I was like, you mean you don't have to rewind it? Seriously. I think that's probably one of the most revolutionary things about it. There, there's no, um, there's no doubt about it. Uh, forever sci-fi Gary's total boomer. You should try a can on a string. I, I think even then he wouldn't always, uh, <laughs> do that. Bruce is breaking down the numbers as far as a uh, boomer. Yes. Yes. I know he's not really a boomer, but you know, come on now. Come on now. Uh, CC Thorne. Yeah, I agree because there is that false story um, from MovieWeb, right? Of that nine hundred million dollar number, and and as I'm not, as I said, I'm not saying that that could that couldn't be true. I'm just saying there is no actual direct information that indicates that that is the break even number. From what we know, it's between seven fifty and eight hundred probably. But still, any movie getting seven hundred fifty million to eight hundred million dollars, let alone a film like No Time to Die, which is not getting right now the best weekend opening projections right it's uh that's gonna be a disaster just based on everything we know about it uh and then evan s says my great aunt is in hospice at home she's in catholic my father is her only family please pray that she has a happy death and uh but so but she is scottish so it's not going to be easy well again yeah i pray for uh for a conversion of her heart and uh obviously for her during this time so let's go ahead and get back into the uh the people so let's go ahead and start off with, um, does any, well, first off, y'all, y'all okay? Anyone's got time constraints before we? Uh, we should go soon because I do okay. try to draw streams with Machini every afternoon and he's starting basically now. Cool. So what, so, let's give us an update then on the, uh, on the Eagle book and other stuff you're working on. Progress this last month because, you know, I was really, really sick, but mm-hmm. Basically, right now, I'm just going through final re-edits and stuff like that and changing a few things, tweaking and stuff like that, and having my husband figure out how to help me feel, allow all the stuff to sell and campaign because that stuff gives me a headache. But it's there. It just keeps getting delayed because my life is freaking insane lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to try but... and post the... Because uh, I still have the Indiegogo link. Um, so I have posted the Indiegogo link though, to, uh, the project that, uh, Rosetta is working on and, um, yeah, so things have just been crazy. So I guess what's, what's your timeline looking like for it? I can actually get to the point where I can sit at this computer more than a few minutes without wheezing. Then I should be able to finish it up in a couple days of work. It just need to be able to sit upright. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And hopefully that's that's sooner rather than later, because I know that there are um, uh, how many people do you know have signed up for the email listing? Um, two thousand for the email. I've got a bunch of people just in general have interest in it, but it's also my whole family wants copies of this because nice. it's eagles with all the stuff there. It's the tribal stuff and everything. So yeah, this has been going on with the family for a while, and I'm getting pestered. 
<laughs> <laughs> so you're like, okay, let me get it done so that way you can get off my back. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It, it would be done if I wasn't such a screaming perfectionist, honestly. Ah, yes. Because I just keep going back and re-editing pages over and over. And <laughs> my own decisions. But I think that's also what makes my artwork actually good. Okay. <laughs> so. Awesome. That's that's great. Anything else you you've been working on though that you want to share or, or or plug or anything? The pinup book going and it's going very well. I just gonna have to have my husband help me set up a fundraising for it soon. Cool. But again, the red bubble is what I'm using right now to just sell the girls I draw and color out and detail as prep and practice for the pinups or for retro artwork and stuff and on the draw streams. So. I'm also planning to post some of my better photos and stuff as possible for prints and stuff there soon. So mm -hmm. that is basically right now my fundraising to help me bring money in for all the projects so I can get them to people. Awesome. Well, I'll post that link again. So again, if you want to support Rosetta, check out that red bubble link. Uh, that will get you to her merch store where you can buy some merch to help support her in her work. And uh, she had mentioned earlier that um, it's not exactly not safe for work, but it's also like, you know, upsetting rules and stuff like that. But they do allow more uh, traditional art kind of nudity and stuff. Mm -hmm. So not overtly pornographic stuff, but more classic nudes are fine kind of art. Okay. So actual, actual artwork. <laughs> that's, that's, well, how I, like, that's how I define like, it. It's like you have art yeah. and then you have pornography and i think they're very different from each other well that's one of the things i've been with at with people is i have no shame in using scantily clad or nude in my artwork but it's always about the angles and the expression and the spiritual face and all that i always want each character to tell more of an artistic story than noticing oh she has a nip slip or something yeah you know as much respect for the human uh, body as you can yeah Mm -hmm. That classic beauty versus just trying to get attention for attention. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, thank you for being here, Rosetta. And anything else before you, you head out? Uh, probably got a, so much stuff to do. I'm, <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm sitting here talking to you. I have the scanner going on stuff I'm uploading so I can get them put up on the merch store. I have about 12 stacks in front of me where I'm sorting and planning stuff with the pinups and the sketch sets and... I have the whole stack over here. I was prepping for the draw stream in a few minutes. I've been tearing through all this trying to get things ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you got a lot on your hands. And uh, I'm glad to hear, though, that you're feeling better, that you're on the mend, and that we should be uh, seeing some of this stuff uh, coming out pretty soon. Maybe you think maybe by the next chosen stream, we might we might see some or have a date maybe in mind, perhaps. Should be. Uh, Steve is supposed to be helping me go over some of this stuff with the Indiegogo tonight. I literally, I was working now on the final edit through before I actually just send it to an editor to go over. Mm -hmm. So it is really close, actually. Nice. Very cool. So I got to sit down with some tech and design the cover from all the drawings I had uh, yeah. Dark do for me so I can have the Eagle cover that's going to be his sketches and my color work and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's getting really close actually and I even have a lot of the poster art and campaign stuff and things already worked on and being made. So Awesome. 
Well, that is great. I don't want to launch until everything's ready to be printed. Yes. I want to be able to get it out within a few months of everything being done. Yes, absolutely. So, get all those ducks in a row, and I, then you'll be ready I to go. I would rather take a year, year and a half to collect everything and make it, and then launch mm -hmm. than have people waiting forever. Exactly. I think that's that's the right way to do it because. Um, I think we've seen people just, again, in general, try and do things differently. And it, I think, has, you know, backfired a little bit with people losing interest because of time and everything. So I think that you're handling it the way that it should be. I have friends who great people. They've done all their effort, but they thought they could do it all quick. They threw up a quick campaign and they are late because they just can't. They didn't know how much it was really going to go into the project and how much work it was going to be. And yeah, unfortunately when you don't have a crew, when you don't have editors, when you don't have people helping every step of the way, when you're doing shipping, printing, all this stuff with these, it is so much more work than I think most people realize, or mm -hmm. even the most basic of book. Yep. Absolutely. Well, anyway, so, we got you. I may also, I may also stick some of my poetry up with some of my different illustrations and artwork soon. I've been nice. trying to do that for years, and I have a few friends now in the CG group who are actually doing illustrated poetry book and high art books. So yeah, they're talking about helping me do mine. Very cool. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited okay. to see these things as they uh, as they progress and as we get ever closer to having uh, ourselves a, a nice launch launch party for it. Thank you. Yeah. And you have a very good day. You too. Like I said to everyone before, just take care of each other and be aware of each other's needs. Yes. What we can all do for each other. And to quote a, a great film, be excellent to each other. Amen. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye, Rosetta. Well, anyway, thank you again to Rosetta for being here and for being one of the chosen of Valhalla. And again, if you could uh, check out the link uh, for her Redbubble, if you want to uh, buy some of her for merch and to get uh, give her some support. So we'll go ahead then and start off with, with Mr. Roy, because he claims to have seen a movie that is worse than the film that he brought up last time. And the last film he brought up was Santa Jaws. So, what is this movie that is worse than Santa Jaws, Mr. Roy? Uh, it is a film called Fateful Findings. Hmm. It is a Neil Bree film <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> it's beyond description. You have, you have to see it to see how bad it is. So, this uh, is from 2013 I'm looking up. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. So, for anyone wondering, the synopsis is a computer scientist slash novelist reunites with his childhood friend, hacks into government databases, and faces the dire and fateful consequences of the mystical actions he obtained as a child? What? Yeah, yeah he finds a magic rock as a child, oh. and then as an adult, he gets hit by a car. And the he doesn't die because of the magic rock. And oh boy, he heals up because of the magic rock. He's holding the whole rock the whole entire time. By the way, oh <laughs> my hand. goodness! Yeah, he ends up in a hospital that looks like someone's bedroom. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's it's terrible. It's everything about it's terrible. <laughs> wow. So uh, I, I I know very little about Neil Breen 
Uh, but he's done six six movies. And, yeah, they're uh, they're all they're all basically the same. They're all bad. Yeah, <laughs> he stars in this. I guess he stars in all of them. It looks like. Yeah, he stars, <sighs> writes, produces, does the casting. Wow. Um, he caters on some of the movies. <laughs> he caters. I didn't, wow. I, I didn't know about the catering. That's great. <laughs> so he's kind of like he's kind of like Tommy Wiseau, only it's it's not. As uh, it's funny. A, it's a very low budget version of Tommy. It, it's and that's yeah. saying something, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he spends more than a couple hundred dollars on on these movies. Uh, it's oh my yeah. Goodness. He look like the whole entire movie is filmed in his house. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, you'll see a scene where they go like to the neighbor's house. His best friend and it's basically the same house. It's just filmed at a different angle. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's literally a sh- after he heals up from the co- he's got this big giant band aid on, and then he meets up with his wife and ha- there's this weird awkward shower scene where he's still bleeding and he's still wearing the band aids. It's the most bizarre thing you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> is it is it like supposed to be like a, a sex scene? Um, he's naked, but he the woman is standing in between him and the camera, so you don't see him nude. Okay, gotcha. And, yeah, it's this awkward shots of their feet, and you can see the blood running down his legs, and it's, it's <laughs> bizarre to watch. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it sounds it's interesting because you mentioned the way that they shot that sequence because, like, I, I saw one of like the the stills when I was looking it up on IMDb, and I was like, oh, this almost seems like a, a like a Tommy Wiseau movie where he has like random like at certain points in the room, it just turns into like a random porn, basically. And so when you said that, it's like, hey, at least maybe he has some class, I guess. Yeah, there's scenes where he'll rip girls' clothes, but it goes only so far down. Oh, okay, gotcha. (laughs) It's hilarious to watch. (laughs) Wow. Well, hey, hey, you know what? At least, as I said, at least he has some class. At least he has some class, I guess. Yeah. Everyone in the film awkwardly yells their lines really loud, and I'm guessing because they didn't have a guy holding the microphone up, so they had to yell loud enough for the camera to pick up the audio. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, and a boom mic operator, too. I mean, even I, who had, like, no knowledge of filming when I was did my internship in L.A., like, I was the boom mic operator because it's... I mean, there is definitely, like, a science to it. I'm not trying to knock anyone, because typically, if you're an actual professional boom mic operator, you're running the sound yourself. But, like, that's funny, though, that they have to scream their lines because they couldn't get that kind of mic going. (laughs) Gosh, that's great. So what is, like, the worst part of the movie for you? Um, Oh, the worst, best part? Um, Yeah. Probably the, um, the scene where the guy's near his car and his wife comes in there with a gun and... She wants to shoot the car up, and he actually, she accidentally shoots her husband, and then she plants the gun on him, and then Neil Bree shows up, and he's like, oh my god, I can't believe you committed suicide. And that's literally how he delivers the line. He's like, oh my god, I can't believe you committed suicide. Just like matter-of-factly, oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, watch, watch it. I, 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 I linked the pre, um, best scene um, video from YouTube. It shows is, some of the stuff. Okay, is this the same guy or is the same like series of films or whatever where it's the it's like the one of the worst w- line readings of all time and it's the guy that's like, "Oh god, oh no, oh my, oh no." 
No, that was Ryan O'Neill. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Different bad actor. Okay, gotcha. I want to say oh, Neil Bree's probably worse. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. That's the reason why I was joking and saying that he makes Tommy Wiseau look like Lawrence Olivier, and then I wondered if Ode knew who Lawrence Olivier is. Uh, I do know of of Lawrence <gasps> Olivier. Oh, my God. I said I do know of Lawrence Olivier. Oh, so you do know him. I do know of Lawrence <sighs> Olivier. Yes. Now, am I am I an expert on him? I would say probably not, but I mm-hmm. I, I know of him. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! I couldn't tell you uh, a, a movie off the top of my head. Of course, you can't. <laughs> but hey, at least I recognize his name. There you go. I'm gonna there, tell Laura. There's something. <laughs> you gonna rat me out? I'm trying to see. Oh, me and Laura were already talking about it. She said that she kind of forgives you because you're young. I said, my nephew is 24 and knows who Olivier is and has seen his movies. Oh, he was in Spartacus. That's one of his movies. Okay. Yes. I've seen I've Well, seen Mr. That. Roy, you have got to see the rest of Neil Breen's movies because, like I told you, he is one of the patron saints of Red Letter Media. <laughs> oh, really? Is that. <laughs> Yeah, yes, that's, that's that's how I found out about it. Yeah, the the ending of this movie is even I, it's good too. It, he basically goes in front of I think the White House or some well National Archives, I believe. <laughs> yes! And he starts giving his speech about him finding all these corporate and government secrets, and then all these um, Congress and corporate people just start committing mass suicide in broad daylight, one by one. What? It, yeah, <laughs> and then a sniper comes out of nowhere, and he just falls over dead. And the movie doesn't show how he dies; he just falls over and dies. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I feel like there has to be, if there isn't already, like like there has to be like a Blu-ray set somewhere. Like it's like the Neil Breen collection, and like you get all uh, of his movies. <laughs> I I found out about this guy through YMS, and he ordered his three of his movies back when he found out about them. Mm-hmm. It's through a really strange website. You can order Faithful Findings. Traditionally, just click on it and order it. But in order to get the other two movies, you have to order Faithful Findings again and then put in the comment section that you want the other movie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That sounds so sketchy. <laughs> yeah, because and then they, the movie showed up in, like, ju- broken jewel cases. <laughs> <laughs> How does it, yeah, it a broken jewel case? How does it even? How does, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how that even works. Yeah, it, I, don't, I, I don't know. Um, he he's got a video on it. It's hilarious to watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, someone someone else had mentioned as far as bad acting. Um, I have not actually seen the entirety of the film Silent Night, Deadly Night Two, but I do know of the garbage day scene because it's mm-hmm. it's just iconic. Um, yeah. So would you say that the acting is better? than the garbage day scene acting i'll say this is probably some of the worst acting i've ever seen in a movie <laughs> dang wow as just uh, another red shirt jokes the neil breen collection one dollar or rather sorry 99 cents <laughs> from the criterion collection now wouldn't that be something that would be phenomenal so good. <laughs> <laughs> no criterion would never touch that you would i don't even think arrow video would touch that because arrow <laughs> will have, you know, some 
like more obscure stuff. That sounds more <laughs> like a. I say, is it? I don't think it's horror films, so Shout Factory probably wouldn't touch it. I'm trying to think about any b- boutique like movie <laughs> processing company that would actually touch something like that. <laughs> oh, that's amazing, though. That's fan- so. How, so, how did you watch it? Is it on like YouTube for I'm- free or? No, unfortunately, you gotta buy his movies. <laughs> so, so you actually his... went out and like you bought it it's like on DVD, I guess. No, I, I bought it digitally through Amazon. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. So yeah, uh, I was like, I saw this on my watch list, yeah. and I was like, uh, for a long time, and then I saw YMS's video pop up again on it, and I was like, mm-hmm. I, I'm just gonna cough up the money to watch at least one of his movies, just to say, hey, I've watched at least one of his films. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that sounds phenomenal. So, so now that you've seen one, I, I, I yeah, kind of going back to what someone else had mentioned, you know, now are you just going to watch the entirety of his filmography? I, I, I don't know because it's it's about fifteen bucks to watch it in HD. It's not cheap to watch his movies. What? Yeah. Oh my goodness! I'm more surprised yeah. that there's an HD version. Yeah, I'm surprised too. But I mean, I. I think this movie's worth watching, considering how bad it is. I'm not okay. sure about the others. I'm, yeah, I'm, I might take them one step at a time. <laughs> well, Soul said, "Be sure to catch Twisted Pair." That's the one where he <laughs> plays, plays twins. He plays twins. <laughs> Who got kidnapped as children by aliens? <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, well, that sounds phenomenal. I can't remember. I think it's Red Letter Media. He has a how to make movies video. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! So you two can learn filmmaking from Neil Green. Oh my goodness! That sounds phenomenal, though. I feel like any aspiring any aspiring filmmaker, if you want to get your stuff on Amazon Prime and have people pay. <laughs> Upwards of fifteen dollars for it. Hey, you know what? He may have not have. He may have only made six movies, and they might not be that good. But not everyone can say that there's movies <laughs> that you could spend fifteen dollars on for digital copies, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I think it was worth it. it. It it gave me a good laugh for about an hour and a half. <laughs> okay, well that's good. That's good. I think it's. I feel like that's better actually than the last one, as far as like not being a better film, but at least this one had an entertainment value. The last film yeah, you saw it, didn't. It's it, yeah. It, um, this is a very entertainingly bad movie. Okay. Set of Jaws just felt like a waste of time to me personally. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> However, the difference was Santa Jaws was free on YouTube, right? Yeah. So you gotta got away. Like so you get for free something that's worth, you know, no time at all. And then that's when you gotta pay like the big bucks for a film that's still bad, but it's entertaining. So you at least get the entertainment value out of it, I, I guess you could say. Um and as Laura says, Twisted Pair sounds like a bad medical condition. <laughs> I mean if you I mean if you don't want to spend any money, there is most of the good clips are on YouTube. Oh most, yeah. Most yeah, of the yeah. most of the bad scenes. <laughs> yeah. I, I I could totally see that being uh Something that, yeah, anytime you have really bad movies or, or really bad moments or hilarious <laughs> moments from films, uh, typically, like, YouTube is going to be your, your friend on that. Um, oh, the CF production. It's been a long time, dude. What's going on? Welcome back to the chat. Uh, glad, to, glad to see you here. But I had seen a comment from, uh, from, from a member who had a comment about this. Let me see if I can scroll down to find it so I can uh, highlight it and put it up on the screen. Let's see. So Forever Sci-Fi says, it's one of those movies where when you order 
it, the director burns a copy to the disc from his personal computer and drops it in whatever case he finds on his desk. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. That's definitely what it sounds like. If it's coming in, bro- he said broken jewelry cases? Yeah, yeah the jewel cases were, they called them back then, the little thin um, CD cases you used to put burnt CDs into. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So he can't even spend, like, the the few dollars to get because even like for me when i i haven't done this in a while i need to do um the despecialized star wars giveaway again um because i i have like legit blu-ray cases that i can put those into so like those don't cost all that much so the fact that he doesn't even do that it's just like no let me just put it into one of these little little packing slips when he's probably charging way too much for the film that he spent no money on hey you know he's a capitalist we can at least say that much yeah. Wow, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of strange political messaging in his movies. Uh-huh. He's oh, so it has political messaging in it too. Yeah, pretty yeah. terrible. Oh <laughs> lord. Yeah. Wow. Red Letter Media said he's probably on the the FBI's ten most wanted. Oh dang. <laughs> because he's, it's yeah, he's a capitalist. But what's so funny is that. Every single one of his movies has, he's looking for something that the government's doing or corporations or banking or, <laughs> so he's, and Mr. Roy, you've got to see the one, and say Odin's always harping on bad CGI, wait until you see the one where he's petting the CGI tiger, <laughs> and oh I don't even, and it's like he's just kind of either going through the tiger or he's going around it. And I think that's the one where he was playing Jesus. Oh, yeah, there's one he plays Alien Jesus. Alien Jesus, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, no. He thinks a lot of himself. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, well, Andrew Hayes asked what my best bad movie that I've seen is. The Room is easily uh, the best bad movie that I've ever seen. It's still holds the top for sure and orange at reviews just came in the chat as well hail orange at reviews uh so anyway mr roy were you able to watch anything else i think you had said that that was really it but anything else you've been watching or that's pretty much it okay um i bought some movies i'm probably gonna watch while i'm off i've got the mummy collection on 4k oh yeah i bought the um the dance which is the that michael jordan documentary yeah uh, yeah 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 that's right I, actually bought the blu-ray so it was supposed to have about three or four hours more of content oh nice yeah absolutely yeah. i think any so i'm assuming you were a michael jordan fan growing up yeah back in yeah. the 90s oh yeah yeah I, I was one of those people that got drawn into nba during during that that dynasty and then when he died out i kind of just yeah. got a face yeah, away yeah. From basketball oh yeah for sure space jam for me is kind of like what got me in and that I remember it was in New Orleans and he was playing in like a all-star exhibition game. And I remember going and my mom still remembers like I was I was just going, Michael, you rule. I was just so excited that that Michael Jordan was there playing. So I actually got to see him play uh, wow. before uh, oh. he went to play for the Wizards, which we'll just, you know, pretend like that didn't happen. But <laughs> <laughs> very nice. So we got to pick up some stuff because I know that. Uh, for those that don't know, Mr. Roy is a is a physical media collector like I am. So you got the Mummy collection on 4K. It's pretty exciting. Um, you got the dance. Any other any other big stuff that you were able to pick up? Uh, 
don't think I picked anything up recently. Let's see. Do, 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 do. I'm still waiting on my freaking um. Uh, what was the movie? I'm looking at my. I got Gone with the Wind. Oh, Blu-ray for nice. like five bucks. <laughs> nice. Gosh, good for you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sad because there's a couple of steelbook, uh, 4K steelbooks that I missed out on because uh, they're sold out. They don't sell them online. They're sold out in my area. It's because uh, I, I I missed the Shawshank uh, 4K steelbook. But to be fair, I didn't really like the cover art for the steelbook. But still, it's it's one of those collector things. So I missed out on that. But I was able to pick up Unbreakable and 4K steelbook, which is I think already out or is out soon. And then I was able to pick up a couple others um, as well. So I'm actually really excited. Um, for those to, to be coming in in the in that way, and there's a couple of collections that actually just launched recently, um, where there's actually actually one um, where there's actually this like offbeat films from Woody Allen collection, like you get several films from him from Quiver Films. Never heard of that studio before, but yeah, it's like some of his lesser known movies. So maybe down the road I'll pick something like that up. But um, tons of stuff coming out, uh, not just in wow. theaters but on physical media too. Yeah, I got the original Lion King on 4K, and then nice. I ordered a thing, but they delayed it. Apparently, there's a bunch of people wanting this movie. Cause, yeah, I ordered it, and it still has to come in from Amazon. Oh, for Gone with the Wind? No, uh, the thing. Oh, the th- oh, that was th- that was the other one. Yeah, I was I that was the other one where I wanted the the 4K steelbook for that one, and it was also one that sold out pretty quickly because that one actually had some really cool cover art for it. And so I was sad, to, you know, because sometimes I am like, oh, I'm definitely going to get this when when it comes out. And I, I don't pre-order it when I, I know that I should pre-order it. And um, yeah, because that thing came out on the 7th and it's it's already sold out and not within even 100 miles of, of me. So <laughs> uh, I don't know if they still do this, but when you try to order it online, they only want to ship it to your house and they don't want to hold it in a store for you. Which is weird when you pre-order. Yeah, for some, yeah, yeah. It's it's the weirdest thing because that's what they do beforehand, and then after the fact, when it's available, then they will only have you pick it up in store. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's strange. I don't like having still books shipped because yeah, they get messed up. Oh, for sure. And then also, then they'll have movies where it's like they're sold out, and they don't really keep you up to date on anything uh as far as like stock goes because i remember they were out of the lord of the rings 4k steel book like the extended editions 4ks and then all of a sudden now they're back in stock they've been back in stock for like a month now and and so part of me is like oh i you know went out of my way because i thought they were going to be completely sold out as a hot collector's item and i I spent a little bit extra on ebay to get one that i knew was going to be a little damaged and so now I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, great. I just could have waited a month or two. Glad that they let me know that they were going to re-release it. <laughs> oh, well. You live and you learn. It's about the movies, though, at the end of the day. So. Yep. But, yeah. Awesome. Well, I <laughs> guess some of us will have to dive into the world of, of, of this brain guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, Bree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hope he uh, puts his movies up on, like, Netflix or something, because I, I don't think – I. It was worth buying this movie, but I don't think yeah. I'm going to go and try to buy all five of his movies and watch them. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, charge $15 hey, for each one. <laughs> fingers crossed the whole collection becomes somehow available on one of these streaming platforms. <laughs> 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 oh, man. All right. Well, uh, anything else that you had wanted to mention or shout out? or uh, That's that's it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and um, head out. Okay. Um, 
try to take a cat nap. Hopefully, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you for being here, Mr. Roy, and you have a great rest of your Sunday. Get some sleep. Uh, you too. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks as always. Thanks again for being on last week too. Uh, no problem. I'll, I'll see you later, Tina and Laura. Have a good oh, one. T- take care, Mr. Roy. Yes, you too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. All right, so we got Laura and Tina. Uh, let's go. Hey. Let's go with Laura. Laura, uh, what you been watching the last month or so? Anything to talk about? Oh my god, so much. Don't <laughs> start. Uh, let's see. So I started with the the gentleman movie that you've been yeah. recommending so much, and then I went on a guy Richie deep, deep dive. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, um, the uh, Hugh Grant in. I did not know that that was him and until like halfway through the movie. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Because his voice, no! his voice is so good. Like, like the voice he puts on is so not Hugh Grant where you're, you just, you're like, wait, what? I never <laughs> thought he could do a voice like this. That was totally me when I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? Because, you know, he always kind of plays Hugh Grant, you know, yeah. in his, uh. <laughs> in his this, romance movie. Yeah, typical romance charming self, right? He doesn't ever play a like this mobster like weird voice character. <laughs> I, I just I find him hilarious. I, I love all of his old romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was one he did with Sandra like sometimes he doesn't have great romantic chem- chemistry with the people he's in the movie with, but yeah. um he did one with uh Sandra Bullock. Yes. That was I don't even know the I, I can only remember scenes from the movies. I could not tell you the name of that movie. You put a gun to my head right now. But. <laughs> no, I, I think I saw it. Oh, God. It was really funny. Um, yeah, so <laughs> then I went in this deep, like, Guy Ritchie uh, deep dive, and I was asking everybody, like, what should I watch? What should I see? Um, and then Tina suggested, um, oh, I wanted to say, what was it? Not Hitch. What was it? <laughs> oh, so oh, it's no. the one with, Snatch. with uh, Brad Pitt. Snatch. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, my brain is just so fried. I'm so tired. Right <laughs> <laughs> I, I just had like espresso and coffee. It's just like, you know, you get to that point where just like coffee just can't touch how tired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was probably the best of all the movies that I saw of his. Um, probably... Yeah. That was the best one. I don't know. They're all kind of they're all kind of similar, like similar tone. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, this Ooh. is the one where I believe it was Joey Horn who won this this one, the four nice. K steelbook of this. So yeah, I still need to send it out. But yeah, uh, this is one where definitely one of my favorites of his. I want to rewatch it again just because it's been so long since I've watched it. Also, probably have subtitles on so I can understand all the words because that's the only tricky part about the older films is that it's harder to understand things. Oh yeah, especially the, the gypsies are talking. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's why I love the gentleman so much. One of the things I even brought up in my review of the gentleman was, hey, I could actually understand most of the things that are being said. And a lot of it, I think, is because of having someone like uh, Matthew McConaughey in there with the you know the English accent. And then, uh, of course, if it's by American accent. But then you also have Hugh Grant putting on this crazy accent, but it's actually easy to pick up on what he's saying. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Because um, there, 
there was a you know that really funny scene where uh brad pitt is having like this really long you know he's got this really long monologue and you can't can't understand a single word he's saying and then the other at the end of it he's like so we're clear (laughs) everybody's just like yeah sure man whatever you say but um oh yeah so then I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because I know that you're on that deep dive. Did you ever get to watch uh, Wrath of Man? Yes, I did. Yeah. That was that was interesting. Yeah. It was I expected for some reason. I don't know. I was like. It's not. the as... twist, I was like, wow, that's a good twist. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those movies where, like, I, like, especially the fact that he's put both of them out, like, next to each other like so the gentleman to me is just like on another level i just love that film so much and then this one's just a solid movie like so it's just like it's a really good film it's it's a really uh solid film and yeah as you said like the twist especially i think it plays out really well and statham is actually very reserved in this movie and i think that's a good thing because sometimes he can go it's, it's it's good not to always have him be in the meg personality if you've seen the meg Right, yes. <laughs> where it's just like, oi, my name's Jason Statham, and I'm just going to be all up and crazy. It's nice to <laughs> have a little reserved Jason Statham instead. I saw a lot of Jason Statham with the, with all of the Guy Ritchie movies. Oh, he's yeah, because he's just it. in so many. <laughs> well, he like a lot of directors do. He uses the same guys over yeah. and over. So Absolutely. That's nice. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. What else did I see? Uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah. Was, yeah. I think that was his first, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. See, I have no idea chronology because I was just watching movies all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? In Wrath of Man, that was Clint Eastwood's son. Yeah, the Scott guy who Eastwood. The villain. Yeah. I didn't know that. I was like, who is this kid? Oh, I, I did because up. he looks just so much like his father. And it's just like, I, I don't know what they did with the makeup in the movie, but... They were making. He looked a lot like his dad in in Wrath of Man. I was like, oh dang. Yeah, it's um. I like those really. If you're gonna do like a, um, I like those over the top theft movies. Mm-hmm. You know where it's like, um, what's the, what's the other movie? The Italian Job. You know, mm. it's it's not just a regular. Hey, we're gonna hit this money truck and then go. It's like yeah. We're gonna, Get all the money trucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because it just reminds me of why I really like the Wrath of Man a lot because that opening scene is so good. Like just the way the camera is framed um, with like this. It's like a slow, I guess you could say it's like a slow fade in, not fade in. It's like a slow like pan and it's just everything's going on. And then all of a sudden, like as the story unravels and you kind of go back to that moment in time to find out, like, as you said, like the twist, like the full story, you're like, oh, my goodness, this is so good. It's so great. Yeah, yeah. I really, you know, I I've always liked Guy Ritchie since. Um, I liked a Sherlock movie. Mm. I thought that was really yeah. well done. Um, yeah. So I've I've always known of him, but I just I don't know. I don't know why I never heard of some of these movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a good thing about being in a little movie group. <laughs> you put something <laughs> out on the in the, the Discord. You guys all need to be in the Discord because we have so much fun in there. Oh, yeah, like the conversations in some of them are, are phenomenal. Yeah, and that movie group especially, a lot of conversations, a lot of sharing of new films being watched and where to find them and everything. And especially since there's so many streaming services now, it's nice to have people give recommendations, but then also say, oh, here's where you can find it, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Google's yeah. good for that. If you Google a movie, yeah. it'll say, watch it here. Yeah. Um, which 90% of the time I don't, it's usually Apple TV or something I don't have. And you're like, oh, jeez. <laughs> Oops. Oh, oh Laura. Laura. Huh? Huh? 
asked Odin about Laurence Olivier. Uh huh. He knows of him. Oh. <laughs> At least I know his name. And we're gonna sort you out these holes in your movie knowledge. Yeah, and yeah. It's like my age. Mercilessly you know? you about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be kid, be kid. It's true. Oh, though. I saw. It's true. Yeah, everybody does. I mean, I have, especially with a lot of classic uh, stuff, I have a lot of holes mm-hmm. in my knowledge, and I'm yeah. older than you, so I have no excuse. Yeah. Trying to look, I'm trying to look through my stuff. So I saw, um, I saw Free Guy in the theater. What'd you think? So I was in such a horrible mood, and I was just like, "I love you, Ryan Reynolds." Oh, <laughs> it, it was just so cute, you know. It's just, um, I don't want to spoil the movie, but there's a scene. I wish I could say because I don't want if somebody hasn't seen it, I don't want to spoil it for him. But there's a a fight scene with Ryan Reynolds where he does something, and I never really thought. I thought that I would have a problem with it, mm-hmm. but it okay. This isn't making any sense until I, I can't. Okay. <laughs> well, I do have a uh, two weeks notice is the movie name. Uh, that was from Flex Cougar on D Live. So shout out to the D Live fam for getting the film that was with Hugh Grant, I believe. That was the Hugh Grant and uh, Sandra Bullock film. Yeah, so she's like a lawyer. And she's like all about protecting, you know, spaces and protecting old buildings. And he's a real estate developer. Mm. And uh, so they have a little kind of adversarial relationship. And then for some reason he hires her and she, <laughs> she becomes like his, his right hand woman. And he can't like, he can't decide like which tie to wear without asking her. <laughs> just like, he just takes over her life. And it's uh it's a pretty adorable little movie. Aww. That's Ooh. sweet. By the way, uh, George Molo is in the chat. George! George! (laughs) Welcome to the chat, good sir. Uh, (laughs) Oh, man. All right, so you were... So, oh, man. So was the next film I forgot where I was. (laughs) Yeah, so you said free guy, but you couldn't go into much detail because otherwise it would... um, give, give, Give too much of it away. I guess, like, my main question is... Is it a film that you find entertaining that you think people could enjoy, like maybe after the fact on a streaming service, or do you think that's something people should go out of their way to see? Oh yeah, I would. You know, I love seeing stuff in the movie theater, but yeah. anytime you want to catch it, it's good. It's it's everything you you think it would be. There's like no surprises. I will okay. say though, Taika Waititi, it's like you got to take him in limited doses because there was a point where I was like, okay, your shtick is kind of getting tired. <laughs> You know, it's like you just you just want a little Taika with tea. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, you know, for me, him as Korg, you know, like it was just just enough of of Taika Waititi where you're like, OK, I can take this. I guess there's some huge TikTok going around where um, Ryan Reynolds does the singing challenge. Oh. And all these people who sing on TikTok are like, oh, my God, he can sing, too. <laughs> They're just like so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> he He can act. Uh, he's married to Blake Lively. He 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 owns a phone company and he can sing. I mean, what 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 can this guy not do? Seriously. <laughs> well, you can like duet a video, so people yeah. put his video up, and the other side is like Michael Bublé, and he's just walking around like, oh, well, uh, singing is my thing. <laughs> I'm the singing thing. <laughs> uh, um, I guess Will Ferrell's in it too, so it's really cute. Oh, okay. 
Nice. Yeah, um, it's it's a one where my wife has has said like as soon as it's available um, for us to watch because I think it's it'll be on PVOD starting either this or next week. I know. Uh, so once it becomes available on like a streaming service, then uh, I know that she's a, just a big fan of his. So. Oh yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm at Will Ferrell's in the TikTok. <laughs> oh, in the TikTok. In the TikTok. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was still talking I, about I Ryan Reynolds, but. <laughs> oh yeah, it's you know it's it's really I think you would enjoy it. I okay. think you'd enjoy it. I'm trying to think what else. Of course, I, I saw Shang Chi, which was pretty much exactly what you would expect it was. Okay. You know. <laughs> no so I guess where? Yeah, there. where do you fall on that? You know, because I, I I've really heard. You know, some people say you, he claims to only hear mixed things, but uh, it's just in this little circle. It's like no, it's like when I'm actually reading the comments that people put mm-hmm. and where I'm seeing like where they rank. It's funny when people say, "Oh, this is in like an A level movie," and then you ask, "Oh, where do you rank it?" And then they're like, oh, you know, middle, lower, middle. And it's like, okay, that tells me a lot about what you actually think about. This. So for you, where where does it fall for you? Fine. It was certainly better than like uh, like Panther or Ant-Man 2 or some of the – So it's better than some of the lower. Yeah. Uh, Captain Marvel. My dog has her squeaky. I heard the squeaky and I'm just like either she is keeping the dog's attention with the squeaky or the dog's just like, pay attention to me. I have a squeaky toy. The dog loves her squeaky. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, it was, it, you know, I guess Jeremy Johns's video is pretty accurate. Mm. You know, it, it starts out really good. The Kung Fu at the beginning is good. And um, I didn't have a problem with um, Aquafina driving. I guess okay. they needed her to do something in the movie. So she's the driver. Mm-hmm. Um, some people were like, oh, she's driving. It's, it's women, terrible, bad. Yeah. I was just like, I don't understand your complaint about them trying to give her some kind of skill yeah you know but i I feel like based on like what i've heard like from the from the negative side of it because there's obviously i think a positive side that some people have been you know as as i say whenever you have like very extreme positions usually the truth is going to be somewhere in the middle right And, and so i think that it's probably from their perspective it's apparently there's a lot of other stuff with that character where she's basically just really um, oh no, no, my, I'm I'm confusing her with the sister character because um, the sister character is the one where she's just good by watching, right? That that was her whole shtick was that she she became a good fighter by watching the people and not actually doing it. Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, the dad would not train her, so she had to okay. kind of train herself. Which I don't, I don't know, I don't know martial arts. I don't know if you can watch people and train yourself. I I don't know if that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, if one's training oneself, because. I, do they indicate that she trained herself or is it that she just watched? Like she just oh, watched like and absorbed it. It's like a classic 80s montage. She's like, choo-choo, you know? Oh, she gets a montage? She gets, yeah, it's like a whole fighting montage. Ah, oh, well, no one told me that there was a montage. <laughs> Got a montage. Oh, yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah, she, um, I don't know. I mean, I just don't, it's a, it's a Marvel movie. I'm just not, yeah. I don't need a lot of realism, and I mean we have like two dragons fighting each other at the end of the movie. I don't really need a great deal of <laughs> realism in my <laughs> superhero movies, but yeah, definitely yeah. something that would drive me nuts, right? I mean, because <laughs> I, I hear the CGI at the end is really like uh, it's it's so that's why I have to like say it's not that great of a movie because just yeah. the CGI nightmare at the end. It was like. <laughs> 
What is happening? <laughs> I'm glad but, you mentioned John so because I feel like his, as you said, right? He says the very beginning, like the opening, like the first act is actually pretty good because the fighting is grounded in reality and the stunts are really good and it's 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 a lot of fun. Then this middle part is there and it's kind of boring and then the end is just off the wall crazy. And it's like, I can see why some people would be a fan of that kind of thing. I could also see why people would not be a fan of it, right? So I, I can see why there is a mixed thought on this on this film. And then, of, of course, there, you have to always take into account people who don't do a very good job. And I fall into this sometimes too, right? Separating art from the artist. And I think that some people probably, you know, hated the movie also because of Simu Liu, right? And all the nonsense that that he's been putting out so i think all of it comes together uh, yeah you know yeah i don't i don't listen much to what actors have to say about much yeah. of anything so yeah <laughs> but it's like um i'm gonna trigger tina i, I remember once <laughs> after an interview with the vampire um they had tom cruise on oprah and just discussing the movie and talking to the crowd and stuff. Oh. And all the all the ladies in the crowd were like, that movie was so violent. And he was like, um, it was a vampire movie. So I don't know. I feel like that's the way I feel like with a lot of people who criticize Marvel. It's like, wait, at this point, if you don't know what you're going to get when you go in the theater, I mean, it's a Marvel movie. It's going to follow that same pattern the rest of them have. You know, where you get the... Uh, it, the color coded battle at the end, yeah. With the red versus blue. Oh, is uh, it really like d- red versus blue? I mean, it's yeah. It's at the end. It's very like you know, good versus bad, and the good guys are red. Oh wow! And the bad guys also, are blue. I don't know if y'all can hear that that knocking sound. I think my wife's hammering something. I'm very confused because I'm just mm. like. <laughs> What in the world's going on? But I saw I was picking up a little bit in the mic, so I was <laughs> I was beating myself just to be like. Honey, what are you doing up there? Um, but no, no I, I'm just I'm chattering away. I don't hear anything. Okay, no, but uh, t- kind of to your point, you know, about not listening to actors. You know, uh, Anthony Hopkins, Mm-mm. Sir Anthony Hopkins himself said it best, right? Actors are idiots, so <laughs> why care what they have to say in in a lot of situations? You know. Oh, seriously. Uh, I, I'm trying to think. What else have I seen? What else? Oh, I saw that reminiscence uh, movie. Oh, reminiscence. Uh, uh, yeah, it's such potential. I, I know, like, seriously, that's why it's just so, it was so hard for me to review it because uh, I was like, the potential is like infinite and then you don't get it. Like, you don't get that potential. And I mentioned in my review, but the thing that bothered me the most was if you're going to use New Orleans as a location and your premise is that the coast have flooded because of some like war catastrophic event you, you can't have new orleans that? anymore new orleans would not they, exist if if water yeah. levels rise new orleans does not exist it's below sea level what are they thinking dries a bone dries a bone do they ever explain why everything's flooded i missed that part they don't because you know because obviously p- people i think would you know assume oh it's gonna be some like you know global warming stuff but it, it doesn't actually it, it says more so like there's like there's like a war there's a battle and the aftermath somehow leaves the world uh flooding like it, it leaves the the waters rising essentially so yeah they don't really they don't really make the at least i don't i don't remember catching it because i was like as soon as i saw that as the premise i'm like okay i'm gonna wait i'm waiting for them to mention something with this like globalized cap you know polarized caps things like that um but they ended up not doing it. And, and so I, I was very interested as yeah, basically all they did was just say there was some type of war, some type of event. Mm. And now things are underwater, except for new Orleans, which is 
under sea under sea level and uh sierra productions i think even says like a thousand feet below sea level yeah but somehow oh my goodness somehow not not even just below sea level it's a bowl uh, it's just uh, they could have at least you know yeah. built up giant walls you know to say that's how the water stayed out no no they don't do that yeah that was weird i didn't i, yeah. didn't, I was like did i miss something in the dial <laughs> nope it's just but a yeah. plot hole that they just were like oh that 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 you think we we expect people to think about these stories before we put them out there. <laughs> oh, people are just like coming in and out, and cats mm-hmm. are crying. I'm trying to <laughs> the conversation. Um, yeah, I just the opening shot with the the water reflecting off the city. You know, it's dark in the city at night, and all the neon is like reflecting in the water. I was like, this is gonna be great. The effects are gorgeous, you know? right? Yeah. I just still did enjoy just watching the different scenes of like buildings sticking up out of the water. You yeah. know, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. And, and that's something that normally is like a pet peeve of mine is, is CGI and things. It all looked very good. Like there's these really great sweeping mm-hmm. shots showing the city and showing all these things. And I was like, this looks really good. I actually don't really find a lot of issues with this world they're building. It's just the movie doesn't live up to it. Sadly no, enough. it, the um I, you know everybody's got waterfront property so that's probably pretty cool <laughs> i know right it's like hey, just, uh, normally you had to pay extra for that kind of stuff now it's just the way things work now i did um i you know i kind of got a sense of rebecca ferguson in that movie i, I think she was going to do probably pretty good job with uh dune mm. i just uh there was a couple scenes where she had to be like really intense mm. and i was like oh okay because i i don't remember her from the greatest showman i don't remember her well the issue acting. in the greatest showman was that she doesn't really give much of a dramatic performance in that movie and then what bothered me too is she sings in this movie of reminiscence and i'm pretty sure that's her actual voice and yet greatest showman she doesn't sing like she she pulls a Zac Efron in High School Musical one where someone else sings for her, and really? yeah, huh. and huh. and because when you look at the credits for it, you're like, oh, <laughs> she did not actually, uh, she did not actually uh, sing that song, but I'm pretty sure she actually did sing for Reminiscence. So I'm like, okay, so she can sing. Why did she sing for for this instead? And uh, by the way, uh, she must be referred to as Becky Ferguson, um, just for Tina's sake. <laughs> Has to be referred to as Becky Ferguson. <laughs> or, or Becky. <laughs> or Beck, Becky. yes. Or Beck. <laughs> Beck. <laughs> I, uh, I'm just hoping for the best with Dune. You yeah, know, me too. It's, uh, <laughs> fingers crossed and all that. And early thought, I mean, Midnight's Edge, right, has like the early thoughts on it and said that it, it's good, not woke. And I think that's that seems to be the standard that most people have nowadays. Right is is as long as it's not woke. That's what had people defending yeah. movies like uh, uh, Tomorrow War, for instance. But uh, I think I've only seen like one bad review, and it might have been like it wasn't woke enough kind of situation. Yes. Yeah, yes. which yes. whatever. In my comment section, there's a lot of European audiences that who have seen it, and the the two the two complaints that I've seen from people are. Uh, that one they actually was really just one who I think said it multiple times basically that it's two and a half hours of a shell 
and, and that was the way they worded. And I was, I was very weird, basically trying to, I think, indicate that it, it, there isn't a lot of depth to the story or to the movie. And maybe it's because it, it's only the first half of, of the first book. And so it's mm-hmm. just building it up. Or maybe it's just there's some bias going on. I don't know. But that was like the only real complaint I've actually heard from it is that it doesn't it's it's almost like a shell of a film in certain ways. I don't know. I saw that I saw that comment and mm-hmm. what they were saying made sense to me because I think their biggest slam was like you have a two and a half hour movie but you couldn't take ten or fifteen minutes to set up the worlds for everyone. You just kind of assume everybody's going into it and they know what yeah. the stuff is. And when I read that, I was kind of like, I know what is happening, but I can see somebody like I did when I saw, first saw the Lynch movie. And mm-hmm. we're coming into it blind. I hadn't read the books at that point. So that could be problematic. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> no, and it's going to be interesting to see where they cut the movie at. Yeah. You know, and to be mm-hmm. honest, I, I feel like now that I'm thinking about it more, I think that this is actually more of an issue that this guy probably has with Denis Villeneuve because I want to say, and it's been a while since I've, since I've sat down and watched it. You, I think you could argue the same about Blade Runner 2049 where it just kind of brings you into the story and it doesn't spell everything out for you, which I actually like, you know, I actually like if it does. So I'm wondering if that maybe that's why, it was interesting because, yeah, they 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 were mm. kind of giving mixed messages because they said, I liked it, but I was also looking at it from someone going into it for the first time, never having read or seen the first Dune, and they their complaint was that it doesn't almost, like, feed them, like, basic information. And it's like, you know what, that's, a, that, that's for me, is actually a sign of a, 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 an early sign of a good film, is that things aren't being spoon-fed. Like the first Blade Runner, right? Where, what was the theatrical release? Oh, voiceover, explaining every detail, not letting you think for yourself, just giving everything on a silver platter. Where I think movies that make you have to think and figure things out, I like those kinds of movies. So, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, that, that was the problem when they did the original, was you have so much of like hearing people's thoughts in their heads. Yeah. And I remember that was just so weird for me. And I guess, you know, yeah, you got to have a balance between you don't want people sitting in a theater who aren't familiar with the material going, what is going on right yeah. now? Yeah, hmm. absolutely. Kara um, Tharp, going back to your Guy Ritchie uh, um rabbit hole uh she was not a fan of King Arthur by Guy Ritchie. I watched a little bit of it and yeah, it's weird because... I feel like he has a style, but he doesn't. Like, I don't know about y'all, but the King Arthur film he made, it felt so much like Sherlock Holmes, like in style. But all the other films he's made don't feel like Sherlock Holmes in style. It's kind of a weird... It's weird. It's like he had like this, this, I guess, this mindset when he was making these movies where he made them all kind of the same. But then you look at a film like The Gentleman, not the same tone. Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, not the same tone. It's weird. I don't know why about those three movies. Yeah, that I, forgot. I did watch that King Arthur movie. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't. I didn't get very far into the movie. I was just like, <laughs> oh, you didn't. You didn't make it to the end where what's his face showed up. 
during the Excalibur, removing Excalibur from the stone scene? I just, no, I um I googled like where is Merlin? <laughs> <laughs> this movie, I don't think like, Merlin's in it, is he? No, I thought you. I thought that Jude Law was playing. I was like, what is? You no, can't have a king because Jude, Jude Law was playing Mordigan, right? Uh, I'm not Wasn't sure. He the I villain? Don't... <laughs> Wasn't he Morgan or like the villain? I don't. I don't believe so. So Uther, Uther's in the beginning. Okay. And yeah. Uther. Drives his horse off of this ledge and like jumps to get at the bad guys, and the poor horse just like goes falling off the cliff. Well, that's and I was sad. like, I don't want to see this. So, but no, uh, and that George yeah. had brought up uh, his favorite King Arthur was Excalibur, which I have yes. and I still have not watched, but I have it and it's backed up on my server, so I'm gonna watch it. Don't worry, but I have it. Well, who gave you that? That must be a really nice person. She must be an amazing person is. that. <laughs> Has given me so many things that I still need to actually watch. And, and Laura, remember mm-hmm. what we said on Discord: if he doesn't like it, we're forming a posse. Excommunicado. Oh. Uh-huh. We're excommunicating from. I don't know how y'all gonna press my. I don't know how y'all gonna press my excommunicado button, but I guess y'all can try. We'll find a way. We'll find a way. <laughs> No, it's actually, I think it's funner. It's a, it's a better conversation when you don't like a movie that we like because it's mm-hmm. just like this constant yeah. bouncing back and forth. Of, yeah, for all just sitting around going, "That's great, I like that." We're yep. all happy together. <laughs> Isn't this great? Aren't we all happy? Isn't this wonderful? <laughs> no, it's always I mean, it's, good to have discussions bounce off of each other and everything. But yeah, if I if I somehow don't like Excalibur, I think that's going to cause some uh, some tension to say the least. I'd imagine have valid criticisms i mean oh yeah yeah i saw the movie when i was a teenager god only knows what my taste was back <laughs> then uh have you seen the um the guy Ritchie king author movie i've only seen about the first 20 minutes of it and i didn't hate it but it definitely felt so much like his his um sherlock holmes films and that kind of bothered me i was like eh, i don't like the fact that it's the same tone did you mind the giant elephants? That didn't bother you at all. <laughs> I must not have gotten to that part. Wait a minute! What giant elephants? There's giant elephants. <laughs> Did I watch the rain movie? <laughs> when you said elephants, I immediately pictured Lord of the Rings. Uh, no, 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 no. Oliver Stone's Alexander when they're in India and Alexander is on his war horse and it rears back and then this elephant rears back at the same time and I was like, why is my mother making me watch this horrible movie? Yeah, so like uh, Uther is guarding his castle and these big evil sorcerers come in and they're on the back of this giant elephant Mm -hmm. and this other giant elephant is going and just laying waste everything and so maybe I didn't watch that. <laughs> Everybody's just like quiet. It was like, hmm. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> maybe it's a regular size elephant. I don't know. But it looked like a giant elephant. <laughs> well, I thought it was an so, elephant. You know, I, I sat here for like two hours, you know, kind of ate my lunch. Everybody's quiet. Everybody's just like sleeping. And I start talking. <laughs> And the dog starts chewing his chew toy, and the 
The other dogs are chasing the squirrel outside. That's how it always happens. People want to be where you are. It's where the action is. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Cat's like, I have some input I'd like to put in this movie. I have things to say. I have things I want to say, yes. You sat and watched it over your shoulder. I have comments. (laughs) Uh, So George had asked if I had seen the Netflix uh, teaser for Cowboy Bebop. I saw Lethal Lightning's watching, actually of the teaser for it and hey i will say at the very least they play the original song i think that's awesome there's also some really cool transitions from real life to comic like when he lights up the cigarette it turns from like real smoke into cartoon smoke and i thought that was pretty cool uh but in general it's like you know it's 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 a trailer or i guess it's a opening uh credits i guess so we'll, we'll have to wait and see what the actual film is it's already gotten so much bad press. It's hard to be excited about it at this yeah. point. And I, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, I, I do like Cowboy Bebop. I've watched the series and I really enjoyed it and plan on buying it at some point. But I, I will say that I, I don't have as much, I think, attachment to it as some other. So like, I understand why anyone who is passionate about it is having frustrations with not getting characters right and, and things like that. But I'm not, I, I don't feel the same way only just because I don't have as much attachment, I guess you could say. Yeah, I'd heard of it and just heard that a lot of people liked it. But yeah. that's about as far as it went for me. Yeah. Andrew Hoyle is is threatening me. He says, if I don't like Excalibur, I'll find you. I assume that's going to be followed by, I will find you and I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> we have a certain set of skills. I have a certain set of skills. <laughs> and I will find you and I will kill you. No, Laura, you missed in that King Arthur. You missed the best part and i put best in quotation marks <laughs> <laughs> it's when that it's when that soccer player who is one of guy Ritchie's buddies showed up and arthur is getting ready to remove the sword from the stone and all of a sudden you hear this voice like oi what you doing over there and the camera pans <laughs> over and it's that dude that's married to one of the spice girls and he just takes you out of it. And it's like, Arthur will go back to get ready to reboot. And it was not like a Monty Python skit. <laughs> that would be funny Nobody if the Spice Girls Nobody expects the out. Spanish Inquisition. Heard <laughs> <laughs> <Bird> singing. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I mean, it would have been... He just took you out of it. It was like, okay, well, that's gone. Because mm-hmm. this idiot just keeps interrupting what's supposed to be this extremely powerful moment. Excalibur, I don't know if you would agree with this, Tina. I would say Excalibur is more religious, more mm. focused yes. on, yes. Um, you know, the fact that the king is, if the king is not a rightful king, then the blessings of God don't transfer necessarily oh. to the kingdom. And, you know, a lot of a lot of that kind of theme. I am drawn like. to that kind of storytelling. So, yeah. Yeah. The, and when they say that about the when Merlin tells Morgana the old gods are dead, we have the, uh, there's a new one mm-hmm. has now stepped in. Mm. So I love the guy like, who plays Merlin too. Oh, Nicole Williamson. Oh my yeah. gosh. Also, I know you knew his name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so also uh, Bruce says that uh, he's got Keen, uh, Tina's copy of Bebop ready to ship. So it looks like yeah, you're gonna... I told him wait till after my move to, nice. to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, George totally agree. Love the original Bebop. Um, uh, I don't know, 
And No No Ma says, my kid is a big fan of Cowboy Bebop. And when I found him, Netflix uh, is making live action. He just said, why would I watch what... What? I, why would I want to watch that if I have the original anime? I think it's a great point. You know, when there are things that are so good and then they get remade or put into live action, I think it is a good point of why would I want to watch this if the original is already perfect or is already good enough, you know? So I think it's a good point. And, uh, oh, I didn't know. It's David Beckham, apparently, who did the... Yeah, that's him. Oi! Yeah. <laughs> You idiot. It's like they've already said he's going to try to remove the sword from the stone. Well, what you doing there? Pay attention. Also, uh, George has a, I think this is definitely directed towards Tina, though her name is not mentioned, says, I would love if someone would review great epics from yesteryear. Just finished watching Lawrence of Arabia again last week. Uh, that is why, one of the many reasons why we think that Tina should have her own YouTube channel. Because she would be perfect for this. Tina, we're just going to go back and just capture all your rants from previous streams. Uh, <laughs> yes. And we're just going to make a channel for you. <laughs> yes. And also, then Tom Cruise's, Tom Cruise's people are going to play back and say... She said, set up a GoFundMe to hire mercenaries to do what? <laughs> <laughs> also, since since Laura is on, Hannibal Grimm has come in and has made sure to go, Fosse, Fosse, Fosse. Just, just, Martha Graham, Martha Graham, Martha, Martha Graham. Graham. Twyla, Twyla. <laughs> but you keep it all in here. <laughs> oh, I love it, I love it. Fun fact, my wife knows most of the drag queens that were in that movie. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that. <laughs> Okay, so here's the six degrees of separation or Kevin Bacon or whatever. Yes. So (laughs) so the wife used to do when she was a teenager, she used to do Rocky Horror in Berkeley. And the Berkeley cast would also travel down to LA and do shows down in LA. So then she got to meet all these people in the LA entertainment scene. So she knows she knows all kinds of good stuff that I can't talk about, but So she was, uh, you know, when she was a, a youngin, uh, she was up and down from San Francisco to L.A. So she she kind of knows all of these B-level actors and actresses. She knows a lot of people work on costumes and movie sets and yeah. really interesting, interesting people. Nice. So as you can imagine, they had fun making that movie. Oh, it was I just can... a hoot. Yeah. I'm still blown away that it's, I've mentioned this previously, Emmanuel Lubetsky, who won three Oscars in a row for cinematography, did the cinematography on that movie. And, You're just like what? And, and and there's that one moment that I think really shows you kind of like the early skill in that part of his career is that is that sequence when it's going through all of the drag queens and then all of a sudden who does it end up on? Oh wait a minute, it's the center. It's just like oh my goodness, just having that reveal is perfect, and then it comes and fades right back. It's a beautiful like just reveal. Um, of that character in drag. I love in that scene, he's like, why is nobody dancing with me? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then Nathan Lane's character of all of them comes up to save him. <laughs> my my favorite uh, my favorite scene in that movie, nobody ever quotes it. It's at the end, at the, at the wedding, where like there's all the conservative <gasps> Republicans on one side. I think I know which one you're talking about. Bob Dole, Dole is, is gorgeous. gorgeous. Yes! <laughs> what? Bob Dole is the two sides of the church are like looking at each other. It's all these conservative Republicans on one side, and you know these drag queens on the other. 
And the one drag queen leans over to the other, and she's like, "Bob Dole is gorgeous." <laughs> and then the like, other one looks looks over, and then and then the eyes just get real big, like, "Oh." <laughs> Which one's the mother? I, I really don't That's another know. one, yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. Uh, uh, film Europa, though, with a five... Um, oh, I was hoping it would give me the... Uh, five euros, there it is. It's in the description. Five euros super chat says, Odin, Monty Python, and the Holy Grail, best King Arthur film. Yeah, I would definitely say there's a lot of truth to that statement, for sure. You know, you can go visit Castle Awe. <laughs> And it, 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 I think it's in Scotland somewhere, but really? they uh, have exists? a gift shop. Yes, so it exists in the um... gift in the gift shop. You can actually like buy coconuts. Oh, that's great! And they'll take you around the castle and show you <laughs> different like scenes. Or <laughs> wait a minute, are you suggesting oh coconuts my migrate? <laughs> what I'm suggesting is not at all. Six ounce bird can can't carry carried. a two pound coconut. <laughs> It's not a matter of where he grips it. It's just a matter of weight ratios. A five-ounce bird cannot carry a one-pound coconut. <laughs> oh, that's a movie that I could just quote all day. It's so wonderful. Uh, but speaking of coconuts, when I did a service trip to Mexico when I was in high school, they actually had coconuts. And uh, they actually were able to like like go up. And the guy actually like literally climbed the tree. And then, like, um, like, like, knocked a bunch down for us, and then chopped them up, you know, because I didn't realize before they got to actually like chop the uh, like the flesh of it off, and that's how you get to the middle, like basically to the nut of the fruit, which is the coconut, and then open it up for us. And so I asked them after the fact when we were drinking from it because it was actually it was pretty good. I, I I were like, hey, can you like can you cut this in half? So I had a legit coconut. And we, we carved out all of the, the, you know, the white flakes, you know, like all the, the white flesh in the inside of it, let it dry out. And then I still, to this day, there at my parents' house have legit coconuts. And so, yeah, I was doing the, the whole coconut thing <laughs> in Mexico. It was great. <laughs> oh, Andrew did drop some uh, castle knowledge. He said that Castle, castle Dorn, mm. D-O-U-R-N-E, is indeed in Scotland. Oh, Nice. Snort Good Poopus. Knowledge. Welcome, Snort Poopus. Thanks for being here. Um, and then uh, ex- George George says you have to remember to put Excalibur in context for its time. They roughly roughly followed Chaucer's Le Mort d'Arthur. Roughly watch Excalibur with being a fantasy tale in the eighties. Okay, definitely. Bruce also made a good point that essentially Tina has turned the Discord uh, parts of the Discord into her channel, and I would say yes. <laughs> and if she just if she would just read them out loud, boom, YouTube channel. She's got all the content there. For pretty much. You got except it. Except when I kind of go, except when I kind of go off the deep end. And that's <laughs> where the I YouTube channel comes in YouTube. because then you can, can get Yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll log into the movie channel and it's like, there are 28 new messages. I'm just like, holy cow. <laughs> and you just say, oh, Tina's on a, on a roll. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I just scroll back. I'm just like, yeah. I like your nicknames. We need a we need a cheat sheet for all of your nicknames. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man, that needs to be yeah. There needs to be like a, a channel just dedicated to like the nicknames of of Tina and like all the actors and all their nicknames. <laughs> I love Becky though. That's awesome. Yes. <eah. laughs> She's not Rebecca here. She's just Becky. Um, 
Uh, Andrew Hoyle says, my ears, I hope it was not the volume that like randomly went up. I hope that was not what happened. It was just, if it was just me being loud, then I am not, I'm not sorry. I do not apologize. So, um, just another red shirt. Well, two could if they suspended it between them. (laughs) (laughs) It could be carried by an African swallow. Yeah, an African swallow may be, but not a European swallow. That's my point. Well, yeah. I wonder so. who they came up with that. Seriously. <laughs> oh, oh, Andrew said it was your quote-unquote English accent. <laughs> they made it say, oh, my ears. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, um, unlike some other Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent. <laughs> and you can dislike it all you want. It's, uh, it's still good, to me at least. Yeah, got to watch Holy Grail tonight for sure. Uh, but Laura, anything else that you were watching or wanted to talk about? Uh, I wasn't on last time. I've, I've seen a lot, but I just nothing really. Uh, mm-hmm. Trying to think of anything. Oh, uh, the Eyes of Tammy Faye Baker. Yes, how was that? Yes. Oh my lord! It took me back. It took okay. me back to the eighties. So I lived in Charlotte. I lived right near where that church was. Um, so Jim and Tammy Faye Baker were gigantic tele- televangelists in the 80s. And, the um, you know, Christianity was huge because uh, pretty much got um, Ronald Reagan into office. Mm. Televangelists were just scooping in the money. And um, they, Tammy Faye, um, they... Like Jim and Tammy Faye Baker is kind of like a, they had like a variety show for like Christians. They would, you know, kind of sing and they would do musical acts and um, raise money. And they had different uh, causes that they, they had like a, a home for unwed mothers. They had a home for, um, you know, people who had handicaps and stuff, but they, a uh, huge scandal because they stole so, they stole millions of dollars. Um, Dang. And, I guess because Reagan was in office, like they really didn't get investigated because they didn't want to be seen as attacking a t- televangelists, you know, like the FBI or whoever, IRS or whoever would investigate that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, yeah, so they they fell and they fell hard, and um, I don't know why Tammy Faye doesn't get any of the blame, but people just seem to not give her any of the blame for what happened. With the money getting stolen, I guess they blamed her husband, you know. Yeah. But yeah. it was yeah, Jessica Chastain. She did a really good job. Uh, She's great. She's such a talented actress. Yeah, it seemed like she did her own singing, which was interesting. Okay. That's good. Entertaining. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how entertained you guys would be if you don't know the whole backstory. Yeah, I mean, I, I, kinda, I know very little about it yeah. except for what you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I lived it, so. Mm-hmm. We used to go down to their church. They built, you know, stuff for kids to do down there. So we, we'd we go down there. All, they put up Christmas lights at Christmas, and hmm. it was a huge part of our lives. But I don't yeah. know how interesting it would be for, like, <laughs> you know, just a normal person. Yeah. Someone in the chat, uh, Soul Assassin, says, I never trust TV churches. Yeah, those mega churches especially. I mean, there's a lot of... A lot of bad stuff. That's like out of all the things that the boys like kind of deals with. I do think that the way in which it handles the like mainstream, like big budget 
uh, Christian tent revival stuff, I do think is is pretty accurate. Sadly. Yeah, I think that Hollywood liked Tammy Faye because she did a lot of reach out. Like she did an interview on a show with a guy who had AIDS mm. and like encouraged people, you know, yes. to be, yes. you know, to be nice to people who were sick. And, mm-hmm. you know, she had a lot of crap for that, as you can imagine, oh, yeah, <laughs> from yeah. the Christian community. For sure. But uh, I think that's why Hollywood kind of sees her as somebody who should have a movie made about them because, um, her her husband was pretty um, encouraging of that too. It's like, look, you know, people who had kids who were gay and going through AIDS, and um, she just encouraged you know the Christian thing to do is just to be kind to people. So yeah, well, also too, yeah. there was a lot just not talked about with how much prevalence there was because of drug use, and, and not you know you know it was it was often just only attributed to you know, homosexual relationships. And in reality, there was actually a lot more, I would say, connection with drug. I mean, that's what Das Meyer mm-hmm. Club, for instance, really goes into. And I, I think that it's important always to have, as I always mentioned, like, you know, the full context of everything. And yeah, no matter who someone is, you know, we should always have the understanding that they're human beings. And yeah, I'm glad that, that she was able to bring that kind of humanity, though, to to the people that were being, you know, not just, you know, struggling themselves, but also being mistreated on top of that. Like having to deal with something like AIDS and then also being treated like dirt from other people is just awful. It's terrible. Yeah, I mean, you guys think that there's a there's panic now. I mean, I, I lived through the eighties and, you know, yeah. had people my age sexually active during that time. People were dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very grisly deaths and they had no idea at first what was going on. So yeah. it's it was a panic, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then, of <sighs> course, Fauci's connected to all of it somehow. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. I don't remember what he was. I don't, you know, I wasn't very political back then, so I don't yeah. remember what he was. I know he was wrong. Someone, I think he had said something like, you can get it from, like, uh, was that like oh what was it like a news like he said something where it was like completely wrong and it's like oh i see that your history of getting things wrong is going he back all the way to the 80s yeah, yeah yeah he was a big voice even back then i do not remember him yeah career politician i guess yep. you know yeah yeah mm-hmm. i gotta research I mean, that and go back because all i heard was that everything he thought was wrong yeah <laughs> yeah he said it with, he thought it was airborne well, see, we didn't oh, know you, that. Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, they just, when we were working scenes, they were like, I hate to put it this way, but treat everybody like they have AIDS. And that just kind of doubled it in our mind. We have to be triple careful. Yeah. Like Well, any fluids, that, right? Any fluids. And as fluid, I said, because it, people yeah. didn't usually talk about the connection with drug use, <laughs> exactly. you, you have a lot higher chance of that being you yeah. know, part of it. Yeah, it was like, Nobody knew where exactly where it was coming from, and they weren't trying to get hysterical. Like, well, like somebody was saying, they used to say it was airborne. Yeah. Uh, but we knew. Okay, don't wear a single pair of gloves. Double up. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure that uh, you know your evidence is dry, which you're supposed to anyway. But mm-hmm. yeah, there was a lot of things you had to be careful about. That's the reason why I think I've said it to Laura, and I think I've said it to others it's like when you're in law enforcement or you're collecting evidence and stuff we had to deal with 
TB, polio, hepatitis, um, AIDS, everything. So this is just like COVID is like a drop in the bucket at this point. Mm -hmm. Just like we can't be any more careful than they've already been. Yeah. But no, we can't. No. We can't have simple, you know, commonsensical conversation. You can't even have conversations. That's the and that's kind of like the thing with me, you know, because obviously there was, you know, the you know backlash a little bit with, you know, when Friday Night Tights had Alex Jones on, and my perspective on it was just doesn't matter how you feel about him. The important thing is that we're just having a conversation, and the fact that there are people that don't want people to even have conversations is is why you get. Like it's it's interesting to me because what they think they're doing by quote unquote like protecting people is actually what's creating more radicalization, because if if you limit people to only being able to access information to certain corners of the web, guess what? By nature, that's going to lead to more radicalization. So it actually makes the problem worse for the people that are trying to like eliminate it, because instead of it being open out in the public where everyone can hear both sides. And then make decisions based on the arguments. Instead, it's a, hey, we're going to shut these voices down. And then all of a sudden now it gives that just gives them more credence because now they can argue whether they're correct or not. Now they can argue, oh, they're shutting us down because they don't want the truth out there. And people will buy onto that, whether it's true or not, because I think there are some cases where people's voices are shut down when there is some truth to it. But then there's also like the opposite where sometimes it's, you know, um, not the case, but. That's why conversations are very important, you know, talking about things out out in the open, you know, like even it's even difficult to find why he was taken off the Internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you try to do research on it, there's just this yeah. big gaping hole. It's like yeah. he's gone. Don't worry about it. And it's just like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah they uh, depersoned. It's really just oh, he's been depersoned. And there's been so many others that have been depersoned for even less controversial measures. It's It's insane. And then, yeah. You know, and then when they try and do it to someone like Gina Carano, you're just like, okay, now hold on one second. Like what, like, what did she do? And then you look at what she posted and you're like, really, this is worth depersoning somebody for like literally trying to just, you know, get rid of them. Like that was the big campaign pushed against her. And luckily um, she was able to withstand it. Man, these kids today, they scare the crap out of me. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Snor- oh, Snorpoof had, had this quote up here. It's like, who's more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? from obi-wan kenobi yeah for sure i think that's definitely a good point to be made um laura anything anything else good yeah i talked about probably more than i thought i would but i wasn't on last last month yeah a lot of movies to talk about right so a lot of stuff built up yeah Yeah, absolutely (laughs) absolutely and thank you as always for 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 joining us on these conversations it's always fun it is always fun. That's yeah. one thing we got going. Absolutely. <laughs> so now that I'm getting off, everyone who's laid down is taking a nap now. <laughs> just the way it goes. That's just the way it goes. Oh, man. So, Tina, Tina, I know that obviously you've been quite busy with, with a lot of things going on. And um, I don't know if you've had a chance to, to watch anything recently. Uh, last night, I didn't, I think I wrote them down. I didn't put them on my letterbox, but when my brother came over and when he got finished, uh, cause he didn't have as much to do yeah. as far as carrying garbage bags down, we were looking at MST3K and they had planned nine on. So we were laughing at that and we had, what was the other one? Oh, it was this version of Hercules. It was one of those 
Italian dubbed oh boy. movies. And, and it was from the excuse me, it was from the sixties. And I'm like at one point I looked at him and I said, Antonio, um wasn't Hercules on that island of the Amazons with them? And he said, uh, I think they might have cut something because we didn't know. It was like, this movie had everybody that Hercules was in it, Jason was in it. Jason Young Voorhees? Guy kept, no! <laughs> you said everyone was in it, okay? And then all I heard is Jason, so Jason, who else? Have- Jason, the mythological Jason. Okay, oh okay. God. I got excited for a second. Jason? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been cool, though. Yeah, got me excited for a second there. I was like, oh, wait, Jason's in this now? Well, tell me more, tell me more. I'm like, does he have a car? <laughs> so, my brother and I, we kept laughing because we were like, who is that little gangly dude that keeps, like, looking at Hercules like, I love you, I want to marry you. You know, he just kind of had this, like, oh, you're so wonderful, Hercules. And I said, watch it be Odysseus. And so uh, Hercules is like, what is your name, young man? And he says, Ulysses. And was like, same same difference, same mm-hmm. difference. <laughs> so, yeah, they had him in it. And I couldn't even tell you the storyline. Girl, princess, uh, her father, the king, I think, murdered his brother. But Jason might be related to him. So if the prophecy said that the man with one sandal shows up, he's the rightful heir. And so this dude with one sandal shows up, they all go, it's Jason. So, and then they they were looking for the golden fleece, which looked like somebody's carpet. That (laughs) Was it a magic carpet? (laughs) They painted a goat. Painted a, a goat? Wait, did you say they painted a goat? <laughs> painted a gold. I am like, I, I'm just getting so many mixed messages here because first I hear about Jason Voorhees. And so then every time you're saying Jason, my head is immediately just like, okay, so Jason Voorhees, one sandal. Okay, got it. And and then I just heard magic, <laughs> magic carpet ride and then a painted goat. But they, so they painted it gold. They painted, they painted the... It's like they took a shag carpet and painted it gold. Now, was it a magic gold painted mm-hmm. shag carpet? I don't, I don't know because we both kind of started <laughs> zoning out, and it was time for him to go home anyway. So we missed the end. So. Okay. But so, for all did, you know, it could have been a flying carpet. It could have been a flying I mean... carpet. Yes. And oh, and the carpet did talk. I will say that. What? It was, it was possessed by. <laughs> so it doesn't fly, but it talks. <laughs> They talk now. They talk it, now. He was possessed by the king who was killed. And his brother is now on the throne. So it's like when they find it, the the fleece says, I am king whatever. And yes, my brother killed me. And I was like, okay, yeah, works about as well as Hamlet, I guess, where Hamlet's father was floating around, you know. So we were just, we, it was awful. But my brother did say that it was a much better version than Hercules in New York, where Arnold Schwarzenegger is dubbed. Uh, okay. Because his accent at the time was so 
bad. And yeah. I don't even know if Schwarzenegger spoke English at that point. Mm. But he did say, well, this Hercules is better than this, and it's better than the one with Lou Ferrigno. And I said, wait a minute, is the one with Lou Ferrigno where he gets into the fight with the bear, and he punches the bear into the sky, and the bear became a constellation? And my brother said, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so wait, did I just hear about a, a bear being punched into space? Yes. Yes, Lou Ferrigno as Hercules. This is another movie, oh. which I've only seen, like where people that do bad, bad movie, bad movie reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only seen it on that. Okay, Lou Ferrigno as Hercules fights a bear, punches it. The bear flies into space and becomes a con- the constellation, the bear constellation. Oh, which okay, I guess okay. Ursa Major, yeah, Ursa Major, I think. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, we looked at that. We looked at Plan 9, and then I saw this reviewed on, I think, Corners Reviews did this. But it's, can't remember the beginning of it, but it's like Delta Knights or Delta Quest. And it's a sequel to another movie, but nobody that was in the other movie shows up in this. And we kind of came in on the middle of it, but it's like this sword and sandal type movie. It takes place in the Middle Ages. And in the closing credits, you see them thank this Renaissance fair that they filmed at. Because when you're looking at it, you're thinking, a lot of this looks like a Renaissance fair. Yeah, that's what it was. But this kid, he's like, well, maybe it's some kind of a super duper portal something and this adult man that he's traveling with says how do you know that and the kid goes i don't know and it's like yeah he just pulled that out of his behind some big 21st century scientific term and this kid knows it oh wow and then we find out that the adult who is supposed to be the other knight his name is leonardo And they end up stumbling into this cave and they're like, oh, we found the cave of, I think it was Archimedes. Oh, we found the cave of Archimedes. Look at this. He's got designs for, for flying and what is this and what is this? The Leonardo character is Leonardo da Vinci. And he sees all this stuff in this cave and even though he destroyed the stuff because he's like man shouldn't see any of this he retained it and so they're trying to say all of those inventions that da vinci came up with it was because he was in the cave of archimedes hmm. yeah that's it games repository thank you quest of the delta knights and it's wow. a like i said it's a sequel to some other movie equally bad movie but nobody that was in the original is in the sequel. Interesting. So anyway, so that's the only those unfortunately are the only movies I've seen. All winners uh from this Plan Nine is a classic. Oh of course, though. yeah, yeah. But Snorta Poop has made a good point saying many Greeks died trying to punch bears. <laughs> <laughs> 
with just the image of that. And anytime I hear the words punch and bear, all I can think of is the film with Nicolas Cage where he's dressed in a bear suit and they have... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, what's the name of that movie? It's a remake. Um, uh, uh, Wicker Man. Wicker Man, yeah, the Wicker Man remake. All I can think about is him running up, and then the girl's like, hello, sister, and then he just goes, whack, with the bear suit. That's all I can think yeah. about. <laughs> my mother saw that one, and she also saw the original. And I was like, how in the world can you look at this movie with Nicolas Cage. I said, you know he only does it for a paycheck. And she was like, I like Nicolas Cage. It's like, it's like why not? You know, he's a funny guy, you know? I'm like, I'm like, you know the only reason why he's even an actor is because his uncle is Francis Ford Coppola. My wife and I... Yeah, <sighs> my wife and I have been doing... Uh, there's a online... There's a Switch game called... Uh, it's like a, it's like a, It's a Switch game that has like several games on it. And one of them's Trivial Pursuit, so that's something we've been playing a lot. And there was one question that actually asked that, like, what is uh, Nicolas Cage's full name? And I only knew it because of our conversations on the on the channel, because finding out that he is a Coppola. So, yeah. it helped. Yeah. The first yeah. movie I ever saw him in was Coppola's Cotton Club. Mm-hmm. Which I've heard Coppola has done a recut of it. And I'm like, I hope in your recut <laughs> you put more about the actual club and less about Richard Gere in maybe one of the worst performances of his career. I, I hope it's more hmm. about that. Cotton Club. I saw it when it first came out. I can't remember what year. And originally... Everyone thought it was going to be about the real Cotton Club, which was a club where no blacks, or as they called them back then, coloreds, you couldn't go in and pay good money to sit down and see a show, but you got to see all these beautiful women. And from what I understood, the only women they would hire would be light-skinned, Black women, brown skin, tan, you know, that color. Mm -hmm. No dark complexion. So I've, I'm trying to remember Josephine. I don't think Josephine Baker ever danced there. But everyone thought, oh, okay, this is going to be about the actual club itself. And One Man Show was right. Knowing is one of the worst movies I have ever seen in my life. Oh, my gosh. But it's a beautiful looking movie, but they spent... I hate putting it this way, but when you kind of go to see a movie and you're thinking, okay, this is going to be about the Cotton Club itself, and you get Richard Gere, and it's like, I didn't come to see this movie to see this white dude. I, I want to see what the Cotton Club was supposed to be about. Yeah. And I remember they had a really good dude playing uh, Cab Calloway. He did his hidey, 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 hide. He did his song. That was such a snippet, you know, mm. and um, somebody in the chat will know his name. He played Dexter's adopted father on the Dexter miniseries. He played Dutch Schultz, who was a real gangster. Yeah. So it was like they were kind of working in real stuff and they were working in this fictional relationship between Richard Gere and I can't remember her name. 
still beautiful. Hmm. Um, somebody in the chat helped me. Yes, James Remar, he played Dutch Schultz. And I think Dutch Schultz got undowned. He was at some restaurant or something, and that's when they did the hit on him. And remember a couple of chosens ago, I was talking about the Jewish mob, and I said they don't get talked about a lot because mostly they talk about the Italian mob. Dutch Schultz was uh, part of the Jewish. Larry Marshall as uh, Cab Calloway. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he was not in it. You see him do that iconic song, and that's the end of it. And it was like, this is what I wanted from this movie. So supposedly Coppola has gone back in and has he did a recut, but hopefully it's a better recut than what I heard about that Godfather 3 Re, you know, recut yeah, that he supposedly I have it and did. I still haven't watched it, but I heard that like it's better, but only marginally. <laughs> she's not, if she's still in it, it's not going to be yeah, any better. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. Sorry, Sophia, but you're a terrible <laughs> actress. I don't mind your directing, but you're yeah. a horrible actress. But, um, but yeah, that was Nicolas Cage played Richard Gere's maybe brother, I think. And the Richard Gere character, I think they were trying to base him on George Raft, who was an actor back in the 30s, 40s, and I think 50s. I know he was in Some Like It Hot. Mm. And his, the way you always knew it was him was he was always throwing a coin into the air, and he would catch it. And Richard Gere is kind of playing this George Raft type. And Nicolas Cage decides, oh, I'm going to come to New York, big brother, and I'm going to become a real-life gangster. And most of Nicolas Cage's lines was like he was screaming all the time. And I'm like, who is this? Where did he come from? And they were like, oh, that's Nicolas Cage, Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. And it's like, oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Well, I am and hearing, so, I'm sorry, I'm hearing uh, baby Thor crying really bad, and I think my wife needs help. Sorry. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah. that's okay. Because I'm just like, I'm, and it's like, oh, boy. Because he's, this is like the time in the day where, like, he sometimes naps and then sometimes can't nap. So, uh, sorry about that, but I, I'm going to have to, okay. <laughs> have to wrap it up. But do y'all have any last things that y'all wanted to say before? We uh, end this. It's funny how that sound penetrates. <laughs> I know, seriously, it does. Oh yeah, <laughs> and there, there he is, right there. So that's why oh, I just said we're wrapping. Baby. We're gonna wrap things up. <laughs> so oh, we'll see. We'll see if he's uh, Aww. he's like, oh, hey, everybody. Uh, but uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, she brings the baby to him. That is seriously. <laughs> uh, so anyway, any last bit of things y'all want to say though? Oh, I'm good. Thank you for having us. Yeah. yeah same here. Absolutely. And I won't, won't see you all Tuesday night. I will try to be on Saturday night. So everybody take care and thank you again. Oh, look at this little face. <laughs> He's like, you're looking at me, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Hi. Oh, you're so cute. Hi. He's got your, da- He's got your daddy's head. <laughs> yes, he's bald just like me. Bald just like me. Look at him playing. Yeah. yeah. Cute. Yeah, he's next to a mirror and he likes mirrors too. So, yeah. 
Yeah, he now knows da da, so he'll he'll throw that around Aww. as well. Yeah, <laughs> he knows uh oh and da da. So <laughs> the best thing ever, though, is like we're we're trying to also get him to do ma 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 ma, um, but he doesn't. So there's a couple times where we've been like, "Who is this? It's Mama," and he'll just go da da, <laughs> which crushes the heart. But he's a baby; he doesn't know any better. But Anyway, so I would say want to say thank you both for being here today. Thank Shout out to you. to Laura, of course, the modern major general. Shout out, of course, to Tina Empress of the Universe and. Uh, shout out to Rosetta Allen and Mr. Roy who were on earlier and to all of the chosen of Valhalla including those um, that were not here earlier Andrew Hoyle uh, who's in the chat and I've seen him in the chat exactly not the mama he hasn't said that yet Andrew Hoyle uh, but once he does we'll, we'll be at a whole new level um, but as always just gonna shout out uh, Army of Asgard level and above members on YouTube Soul Extraction oh really really is that the case huh is that, is that, is that what's going on here He's trying to talk to me. Uh, Soul Extraction, Malvin, Dolores, Ed, Twirly Wolf, Lopro, Farrah Lovely, Valiant Renegade, Jonathan Marshall, Eric K, Cornelius Schultz, Fetigator, Gonzalo Bragali, George Molo, George, Grimms Math, Wicked Plumber, Caratharp, Dadman, Walk 55, MTAC, Shark, Forever Sci-Fi, Rosie G12, Andrew Hoyle, Orange Hat Reviews, Chase Doe, and Aiden Vickery. Thank you all very much. I probably will not get a box office video out today just because of uh, timing and baby thor just being awesome uh so tomorrow morning the video i will do will be a box office breakdown hopefully we'll have some updated numbers there so he's trying to screw it over he is he's like he's like i want to i want to be a part of it (laughs) (laughs) hi yeah dada yeah yeah Aww. <laughs> anyway, let me go take care of that. Anyway, thank you all very much for being here today. I really do appreciate the love and the support. And again, shout out to my chosen of Valhalla. Uh, again, uh, Tina, uh, <laughs> thank you for being here, Tina. Thank you for being here, Laura. And uh, Steph, thanks for being here earlier uh, to mod the chat. Anyway, you guys are all amazing, beautiful people. Y'all all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my September Locals, Patreon, and Subscribestar members. First with my Locals members, Cat's App, D-Sharp, It's a Modern Major General Story, Laura Bifford Havitt, and Robert Barnes. I want to give a shout out to, especially to Laura, who is now a double supporter on Locals and on Patreon. So thank you for that. And to all of my Locals members. A shout out also to my Patreon members, Andrew Hoyle, Animation Commentator, Brandon, Brian P., Christopher Bowman, Don Bruno de la Mancha, Father Christopher Miller, Hail to you, Father, Father Damian Cook, Garrett Searles, Hannibal Grimm, Harold Francis, Inflamed Wood, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Garney, Gomer Kyle 79, Lore the Modern Major General Story once again, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mondo Spieler, Mr. Peabody, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Rosetta Ullen, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and Tina B., the Empress of the Universe. And a shout-out also to... 
my Subscribestar members, the are Fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, John B., Perpetual Punster, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss, slash the new number two, J-Ra the Beer Guru, and ZK Man. Thank you all very much for supporting the channel. And I want to give a huge shout out to new members, one-time supporters over on Locals, Kara Tharp, K Tharp. 56 and Brett D 90. Thank you again for being a one-time supporter over on locals and also to my newest Patreon member Stan Gunovic and hopefully I pronounced that correctly but thank you for being my newest members. It really does mean a lot and if you want to have your name shouted out at the end of every single video or live stream on the main channel please check out the links in the description below specifically that top link which will bring you to all of the links to my various social media pages and also places of support as well and remember that if you join at the army of asgard level you also get access to giveaways of 4k titles right now i have a live giveaway of snatch on 4k steelbook i've also got ones for dread uh wrath of man blu-ray i've also got a quiet place part two on 4k I've got Top Gun on 4K, Sicario on 4K, tons of films and more to come, especially as more films are getting released for those giveaways. At the uh, Keeper of the Bifrost level, you get all that, plus you get access to an exclusive podcast, podcast that I do with John the Flickpick Flickinger. Not only do you get to listen to the podcast, you also get to ask questions that we answer as much as we can and as fully as we can in much more, I guess you could say, uncensored way, but again, a much more free-flowing way for our members over there at the Keeper of the Bifrost level and above. And if you join the Chosen of Valhalla level, you get access to all of those things. Plus, in your first month, you get a free t-shirt, your choice, and I send it to you no matter where you are in the world. And also, you get to once a month be featured on the channel in the Chosen of Valhalla live stream where we talk about movie, news, and pretty much anything that you want to talk about. So if that all sounds like fun to you, check out those links below. You're all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.